This episode is brought to you by Brothers and Bonds Co. With an expertly curated line of Masonic apparel, gifts, and accessories, we're excited to show you what makes us uniquely Brothers and Bonds. As a listener of this podcast, we're offering you 10% off your first order with us. Just use code TRAVELINGMAN at checkout. That's uppercase, all one word, T-R-A-V-E-L-I-N-G-M-A-N. Be sure to find us on Instagram or at brothersandbonds.com. Hello, welcome to episode 57 of the Traveling Man Masonic Podcast here in the 24th District of Ohio, a podcast where we discuss our Masonic journeys, thoughts, family, life, future, connections made through the craft, and so much more. I'm your host, Warsworth Brother Jim Hall. On today's show, we'll feature Warsworth Brother Justin Jones. The opinions discussed on this podcast are those of the individual and do not represent the views of Grand Lodge or any other Masonic body. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Okay, we are here on episode 57 of The Traveling Man. I have Justin Jones from the Masonic Improvement. Justin, thanks for coming on the show here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Brother Hall. I appreciate you reaching out to me. Absolutely, absolutely. This is kind of like part two. I got to come on your show and we really had a blast. And I've been I've been anxiously awaiting this moment to have you back here. So thanks. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this also. You know... Just because some people on my end may not have listened to that, why don't you give me a little backstory on yourself, where you're at, what you do, just a little bit on the man. Sure. Um, I live in Texas, uh, north central Texas to be specific. Okay. I am a science teacher. I'm teaching middle school at the moment, eighth grade. Nice. Um, love it. Love it. I got out of education for a little bit for, for about three or four years, and uh, I realized that I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing. Right. Oh. Education, teaching people. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. That's 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 what I love to do. Um, I love the relationships you build. I love the the social aspect to the job. And so, uh, I mean, I'm an educator. That's I mean, if I'm not teaching kids, I'm doing Masonic improvement. <laughs> right. Teaching, teaching, trying to teach grown men. But I think we I think as men, we get stubborn as we get older. More bit. stubborn. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah. But I, I thoroughly enjoy that. Um, I got three kids. And, OK. Uh, my beautiful wife Christina, and I mean my oldest. My oldest kid is seven, so they're, okay. they're young kids. Yeah, but, all right. But his name is Mason, so I I yes. think it's obvious kind of what my what my hopes are, what my hopes are. My, I got my second, my 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 third child is also a boy, but my wife wouldn't let me name him Hiram or Lewis. <laughs> I was gonna say, was it Solomon or <laughs> Solomon? He's like Solomon Jones, so yeah. like a, a bounty hunter or something. So she she wouldn't go with that. Right. Oh, hey, we right. got one. We got one. That'll work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, other than that, uh, when I was really young, probably I was actually I was actually seventeen when I went in. But I, I was eighteen. Like I signed up seventeen, but I went in when I was eighteen. And uh, okay. I joined the Air Force when I was really young. Wow. Okay. Four years of that, uh, stationed in, uh, oh gosh, Keesler Air Force, Keesler Air Base, that's Mississippi, I believe. And then uh, uh, spent the rest of my enlistment in Idaho at Mountain Home. So, 
So Air Force, what what did and we didn't get into this last time because I guess we were talking more about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you do in the Air Force, if you don't mind? Because I always that's I I never was, but it's always a very interesting aspect. So what was your job in there? Well, uh, I went in open contract, which is basically just telling the Air Force or the military in general, hey, just get me out of here, right? Just I don't <laughs> care what I do. Just as soon as I can get shipped off, take me. Yeah, uh, and not that's that's not anything. Not that it was anything bad here. I just thought I knew better than my dad. So I, uh, yeah, I just yeah. had to get out of Texas. Sure. And um, so I went to uh, Lackland, San Antonio, and they, they signed us our jobs. And I got the role. Uh, so the job title is Combat Comptroller. Okay. So what is that? Yeah. Uh, come to find out, uh, basically just a finance guy. And so I, okay. I when people deploy, uh, do TDYs, um, when they change air bases, uh, the government reimburses them. And uh, that was a huge aspect. When you get married, things like that, your pay changes. That was also a big aspect of my job. So so basically paying people for travel and just different changing their paychecks as needed. Okay, cool. See, I, you know, when I think military, and I know this isn't right, but I think, you know, guns and planes at all times. And, you know, the logistics, there's a lot of logistics that nobody, re- you see yeah. Rambo too many times and, you know, you're not thinking of the, behind when, the scenes when people call it the chair force they were thinking of my job it <laughs> was the embodiment of that i love it the chair force so and obviously you know we have masonic improvement here i'm going to switch gears back do you feel you know with the education background that you're in that that literally goes hand in hand with what you do in masonry is that why you went with masonic improvement i think so yeah okay just kind of came so. natural i love it yeah. How about your Masonic history? When when did that rear its head, and and how were you, you know, were you inspired by a family member? History? What was the story there? How'd you get into it? And give, bring us up to speed. Uh, growing up, uh, my dad is a Mason, and, and my granddad was. I didn't realize at the time, but growing up, I remember seeing uh, little square and compass things around the house as a kid. Yeah. And in 2006, when I was getting ready to, uh, I, don't, I don't know how close it coincided with when I was exiting, but it was around 2006. And that's about the time uh, National Treasure came out, uh, yes. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, the Da Vinci Code, I think, was around that time, maybe a little bit after. But uh, I watched National Treasure, and I started seeing the square and compass everywhere. Like all, It's like my eyes were open. It's like, oh, my God, this thing's everywhere. Right. And then I remember seeing that emblem with with my dad and so when i was getting out i remember i was sitting in my dorm and i gave my dad a call I was like hey uh when i get out uh are you still a freemason because i think i want to i want to get involved with that and i mean he was excited granted he hadn't been active but knowing sure. that i was coming that brought that brought him back and okay he's like, you know your, you know your granddad's amazing too and i had no idea and so it was just really cool um knowing that there was that family history and uh, yeah, as soon as I came back, uh, my dad took me to the local lodge, and the, the the rest is what it is. The rest is history. Now, what lodge? What lodge did you get raised in? Was that the same lodge? Did you stick with the whole way through? And what was the um, name of it? So the lodge I was raised in is Grandview Two Sixty Six, okay, in Texas, and uh, stuck with it. Well, there's a whole there's a whole other story to that, but uh, I kept my membership there for a very okay. long time. Until I got my teaching certificate and my first teaching job was like an hour away. Sure. And I'm the kind of person 
uh, here in Texas, you can dual, you can have a dual membership. So you can affiliate with more than one lodge. Yeah. But I'm the kind of person that I don't want to have a lodge an hour away and they appoint me as an officer and I feel like I have an obligation to be there exactly. once a month right now. Sure. And uh, that, so I, I, I demitted from my, my original lodge and then transferred my membership and uh, I went to Whitney 355, served there for a while. I was worship master there as well. And then uh, I had a job change. I went into, uh, I was actually a financial manager for a while. Oh, and so yeah, okay. like, a, like a real one, not a, not a, not an Air Force one, but a real one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Stocks and all that fun stuff. And so that was in a neighboring town. And so I moved my membership again. And uh, that was, that's Hillsboro 196. And I still have my membership at Hillsboro, but I have since moved from Whitney back to Grandview. So now I do have a dual membership. I'm dual affiliated. I'm back at Grandview and I have a membership at Hillsboro as well. Wow. Okay. You know, that's not complicated at all. It's straightforward. <laughs> I, I think you may be one of the first that have completely, you know, normally it's a, Hey, I was here and then I moved. So I pluraled or doled, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. but not a, okay. I left, I went here and then I came back and now, okay. <laughs> so I'm glad that I wrote all that down. <laughs> yeah. Well, I stuck, I stuck with my last lodge because in Texas, we have uh, the state dividing it divided into districts. Okay. And each district has its own. Uh, we call them district deputies here. Yeah. Uh, they basically here. like the representative of the grandmaster. Sure. But they also have district instructors. Um, okay. So district instructors are people that have. Uh, we have a certificate system here, and you have to have an A certificate, which means that you can open and close all the all the lodges, conduct all the degrees, uh, every role in all the degrees, the lectures, all the questions and answers, right? And so uh, I have that, and I'm the district instructor in the district with Hillsboro. So okay. I joined Grandview because it's local, but I sure. stayed at Hillsboro because I'm the district instructor in that district. And there's not many, it's very rural. There's not many A certificate people there. So I'm okay. sticking around in that district to to assist as best I can and help them out. How how far is Hillsboro from you? It's about 20 minutes. Oh, that's not too bad. Not okay. Bad. I live right off I-35, and so is Hillsboro. So I just jump on 35 and zip on Shoot over. Okay. Now, um, we have, in Ohio, we have district deputies, sort of the same way. But in, instead of your office, we have a district education officer, mm. which is um, the role that I have in my district. And we kind of oversee our lodge education officers. And, th and this is where I'm kind of parallel. Does Texas have a lodge education officer? And you know, before I knew this, you don't know what you don't know. I thought, well, everybody has a lodge education officer. That's the way it's supposed to be done. But apparently people don't some places. So so for the last few years, every district has had a district education officer and a district communication officer. Uh, communication is just getting word out what's going on in the district. Yeah, the education officer is kind of like what you're saying. They should be traveling and educating the brothers and overseeing uh, ideally each lodge's education officer um this current I, i'm trading carefully here this current year we do not have education officers or communication officers oh um, okay yeah uh but i understand next year we will again so, oh <laughs> I, I see i see <laughs> yeah. i get it i get it yeah so we'll just see how it goes uh you know this is the first 
And and I I apologize. I had brother Fluff on, and he might have told me this, but that's been surprisingly like forty some episodes ago. It's hard to believe. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, tough lives with these things. Yeah, yeah, you know what? And everything kind of blends together after a while. The district communication officer that you don't have anymore, but did, you know, that is a at being a marketer and seeing how some lodges miss the mark because they don't know how it's not an issue of caring enough but not knowing how to get the word out to people that is a that's a that's actually something that i'm going to pass up the chain a little bit because hmm. holy cow that could that could make a difference in some places well what's what's interesting about it is we use <laughs> I didn't realize that other Grand Lodges use this system. It's called Grandview. Yeah, like we not, my, not my town, but the actual system. <laughs> right. And you can use the you can use Grandview to send emails to sure. your entire district. Yeah. And every year we'd have a new communication officer, and you could tell they're trying to figure out how to use Grandview because you get some pretty strange emails right at the beginning of the year. And now we did away with it altogether, and we're getting strange emails because the district deputy is in charge of it. And so really, ideally, like what you're saying, it should be one person that's that's that likes to travel the district or is willing to travel the district and gets familiar with the ins and outs of of not just not just the gravity system, but maybe the district Facebook page sure. um, and and just keep them there. That's district like district instructor doesn't change every year. I'm district instructor last year. I'm, I'm this year and as long as I'm willing to do it. Oh I don't wow! Make the wrong people, or I don't make the wrong people angry. I'll okay, keep doing makes it, sense. Right? Yeah, uh, district deputy changes every year, and with every year, there's a new communication officer, an education officer, and it's like, I, I, I don't see the logic in that. Yeah, I would, I would want them to, you know, that's got to be the guy in my mind that's like, you know, hey, our lodge doesn't know what to do with their, our own Facebook page. Can we talk to you? You know, you could kind of be that pillar for your district almost. That's a yeah. I I always I, I've always said if you have a a corporation a multi million dollar corporation, which every Grand Lodge basically is, and sure. you had a multi million dollar corporation, and every year you changed your president and your vice president and your, and your board of directors, and every local branch changed their management, yeah, it, it'd be a it, it it'd be a bankrupt company. Yeah, right. so it's, who would invest uh, in this place? <laughs> right, but that's what we do. That's what we do. So yeah. from the top to the bottom, we we change everything out and just cross our fingers and uh, <laughs> hope we got the right one. <laughs> yeah, hope, hope this isn't the year it all just comes to a head. Right. <laughs> uh, so and, and you know what? I'm I'm going to kind of hop in a little bit. I had this down my mental list a little bit, but you know, because it's a different jurisdiction in Ohio. Let's go to our grand line, our main management, we'll say, you know, other than the Grand Lodge office. You know, we kind of have a, the first, the bottom four chairs for that grand line are appointments. They're appointed by the Grand Master incoming, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm going to say 95% of the time because it doesn't happen often. Usually, once you start moving along, you kind of move right along the same as you do in your in your local lodge, you know, kind of each year up to eight years and then your grandmaster. And that that's my 
my observation with the note that we are talking on our own thoughts and not as a Grand Lodge of Ohio yes. or Texas, yes. but that, you know, that's just from the outside looking in. How does, um, and once again, I spoke to Alaska about this and I just thought it was all the same. It was mm -hmm. the first time I talked to someone else and I'm like, holy cow, people do it different. So what's, what's the story like in Texas? Is that something? And, and the big, the big light bulb for me was seeing most Warsaw brother Billings being so young and being the grandmaster for me, it was like, Whoa, you know, mm -hmm. you know, youth gives different perspectives and different thoughts and ideas. And it does, you know, it can be good, can be bad, can be scary, but what's, it, what's the story there? How does that work? Is it something that they run for vote for? How does it go? Yeah. So here in Texas, the grand line starts with the grand junior warden. And so, okay. Uh, you put in your availability. You say, "Hey, I'm available," and you get voted at Grand Lodge. They'll they'll vote on you, and whoever wins, they go to the Grand Junior Warden, and then it's pretty much a. So, well, for the I don't know part. what you know about what's going on in Texas, so I, I try to be very careful talking about uh, the Grand Line stuff. But um, I've heard a few but, things, but yeah. we'll leave those out. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. So when you're elected to the Grand Junior Warden, it's pretty much assumed that you'll go to Grand Junior, uh, Grand Senior Warden, and then you'll be the um, uh, Deputy Grand Master. Sure. And then you'll be the Grand Master. Okay. Uh, we still appoint all the all the uh, minor Grand Lodge positions, but there's no just like just like the the local stuff I was talking about. It, it's you're in a year and then you're out. In and out. Okay. So that really changes the deal when it's a uh a four-year line compared to, you know, maybe an eight-year line. Mm -hmm. Really, you know, for anybody looking at it, you know, that's a, that's a lot different commitment. Not not to say it isn't the same, but, you know, almost a decade compared to half a decade. That's a whole different scheme there. So, yeah. yeah. So back to you. <laughs> let's Let's step back, you know. So obviously you're in education. You've come into um, come into Lodge around 2006. At what point did you really feel like you hit your stride? Because some guys jump into Lodge and like day one, they just go nuts with it. And some guys, it kind of has to simmer a little bit. You kind of have to find your spot. Maybe find your spot with your life and with masonry and how it all works together. And then how did you move into Masonic Improvement? I hit my stride when I came back. Okay. Um, I left for a while. I don't know if we talked about that in the last, when we last talked, but I left for about two years. Okay. Uh, I was just uh, highly disappointed with my Masonic experience so far. Sure. And I started uh, doing the research. Uh, I found some, some, some resources online that, that really pointed out that I wasn't alone. Those other brothers that were disappointed, they had the same expectations out of the Freemasonry that I did. Yeah. Furthermore, I came across uh, brothers that were pursuing the type of lodge experience that I had always, uh, in my own mind, thought that we we would be doing. Right. Uh, specifically, those are the guys uh, in Colorado that were doing the uh, traditional observance movement at the time, traditional observance Freemasonry. Okay. And, and uh, what for the audience or whoever doesn't know, basically what it is is it's just kind of going back to the roots. It's getting away from the from the service organization aspect and more focused on education and, and making the masonic experience um a lot more a lot more prestigious 
Sure. And so once once I once I came across all this, and I realized, hey, Freemasonry really can be what I thought it was going to be, right? Because um, I really wanted it to be. Um, I came back, and I, I came back with a with a passion. Sure. And it's it's just grown ever since. What um? How far after that two year stick did you jump into the you know Masonic improvement? When did you start that? Well, how did that come about? I started Masonic Improvement, I think it's been about five years now. So about five years ago, um, that's 2017 or so. Okay. Um, and uh, my, my first stint as Worship Master was in 2012. So okay. it, it had been a while since I really dedicated myself to uh, creating Masonic Improvement and, and everything associated with it. It started off as a blog. And okay. the, reason I, the reason I created that was um, I would I would uh, get these discussions with with other Masons online, yeah, uh, different forums, uh, Facebook, things like that, and I got tired of typing the same things over and over. And so <laughs> I was like, I just need to create. I should just create a blog and write the article. And whenever anybody says something and I have something to say. It was like, here's a link. Read the link. Read the article. Yeah, read this. They're just typing it all the time. Yeah, read this. Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, crap, I need a I need a name. And originally it was called um, well, Lone Star Mason. Okay. Uh, I did that for like a year, maybe. I was like, I need something broader, something that's 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 more because a lot of people that were watching on on or or going to the blog, going to YouTube. Sure. I mean, they weren't just they weren't just from Texas, so right. I was like, I need something broader. Uh, and the whole reason I got into YouTube was, um, first of all, I'm not much of a writer. There, were, there were some things that I I felt I could convey better verbally. Yes. And that's when I created the the uh, wildlife Freemasonry video and all that. Uh, that's what that's what really got me going on YouTube. Sure. And so it just it just I just keep expanding from that. Like I went to the Instagram and. And I, I play around on TikTok and and uh, but mainly my focus right now is YouTube. Yeah. Okay. You know the thing and writing. I'm terrible at it. I'm terrible at spelling, grammar. My wife's a teacher, and when I when I show her things for proofread, she just looks at me, and I know she's judging. <laughs> <laughs> but but the difference, you know, you know, with a blog, and the way you do it on YouTube, and you know the live stuff, it's you can convey that infliction of, you know, what really matters to you. And it's the same thing. Like when you shoot a text message, it's really easy to take a text message messages. You know, wow, I don't know. That was kind of short. Maybe, he's, maybe he's me. Maybe he's upset at me or something like that. Yeah. But when you hear it, you can really understand where it's coming from and why it matters and what points you can really accentuate. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy like at work. If, if I say, if someone emails me and I email them back and it seems apparent that this is going to be more emails that are going to have to take place. I'll just call them, right? Like I don't, sure. I don't like to play this email game. It's the same thing with, um, like, uh, with texting. If someone texts me and it's not, it's not a simple yes or no thing, I'll call them and just talk to them because, like you say, it's 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 easier and more efficient. Or maybe I'm just old school. I like to actually just talk to people and just just tell them that way they don't misconstrue anything I'm saying like through a text, right? And the time frames, you know, I, I, with Lodge here, sometimes the email and then waiting for a response from, 
you know, it's really, I need an answer. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking for something right now. So I can understand that need to call. What, at what point did you bring a co-host on? And, and we'll talk about Dennis here. Uh, Two years ago, maybe. Two, okay. Maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, the reason I brought him on okay. is I had interviewed him before and uh, I knew him outside of Masonic Improvement. Yeah. And we got along pretty well. Sure, and, sure. And at the time, I was, I was being pretty sporadic with my with my content. And yeah. he reached out to me and asked if I needed help. It's like, man, really, really what I need more than anything is uh someone to help me set things up like, like you can come on to the show and you can you can co-host but i really need someone that can set up interviews uh things like that just because i just I'm, I'm not good at that that's not my strong that's not my strong point right and, and he is he's really good at at scheduling uh, interviews getting things set up like we're, we got an event planned in september and i'll talk more about that later if you want to and uh like he's uh, it's like we can do it but it's you're going to be doing the lion's share of the work just because like if we if you want if we want it to happen i can't <laughs> i can't commit the kind of time that it takes right now sure and i mean he's doing it so we complement each other very well that's important and, uh, yeah oh, oh yeah definitely and i've had other people reach out to me about coming on to be co-host so like, eh. uh i barely get <laughs> i barely get a, a word in right now as it is so i'm definitely not we're not throwing more people into that yeah exactly you know, that's, I, and that's something, you know, as you go through the chairs too, if you're an officer, it's such an important thing to be able to delegate to the right people, because there's some things it's like, like, that's just my, not my thing. And I know if I got to do it, I'm going to, I'll do it, but it's not going to be up to the way something should be. So that's cool that that's happened. So you bring up something that's interesting to me and I'm, 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 I'm growing more passionate about it as time goes by. Because okay. we've all had worship masters that uh, instead of delegate, they just want to do it all themselves. And they, sure. you know, they do it all themselves. And then they get burned out and then they leave, right? But yeah. you're, you're, there's, two, there's two aspects to that. And I think both of them, by, by avoiding both of these things, we're, we're shorthanding our brothers, right? Because cause men join the fraternity to grow, right? To become better men. Yes. And there's, there's two ways you become a better man. Uh, not 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 just two, but two that I'm talking about is by being held accountable and by giving opportunity to grow. Yes. Right. And so if a worship master is doing everything on his own, he's not giving that senior warden who needs to prepare for the East experience. Right. Same thing with the junior ward. Uh, same thing with the with the stewards, you know, as far as meals go and things like that. Sure. He's, he's shorting the brothers out on the committees because they need those opportunities. Right. And, as far as accountability goes, I think this is one of the biggest shortcomings that we have as a fraternity is that we don't hold one another accountable anymore. Uh, we're so we're so con <clears throat> we're so concerned about peace and harmony. Yes. And I'm not saying we need to have fights. I'm not saying fight with each other. I think uh, I think part of being a grown man is being able to uh, acknowledge when, well, two things. First of all, be able to uh, hold one another accountable, and right. then being held accountable without being offended. You know, sure. without feeling the need to go home and cry. Exactly. I, I think those are two things that we're, that we're lacking out. But the only way you get tougher uh, and be able to handle accountability better is to be held accountable. Right. So when we, and I understand why the worship masters do it all themselves, because a lot of people don't have follow through. 
However, right. if you're on a committee or if you volunteer to do something, um, we should hold them accountable. If you say you're going to have something set up by next month, you have 30 days. 30 yeah. days with 24 hours every day. Sure. And and I'm 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 sorry you had a flat tire. I'm sorry that your dog got sick and died. Uh I'm sorry that your 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 sewer had an explosion, whatever. I right. apologize for that. That's unfortunate. Sure. You still had a lot of time yes. to make a five-minute phone call and get something taken care of. So on Masonic improvement, we're we've kind of been taking a different direction. We're okay. still talking about Masonic stuff. It's all through a Masonic context. Sure. But we're also focusing more on 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 manliness, right? The masculinity, which is a is a dangerous word because people you start saying talking about masculinity, uh, oh yeah, throwing out toxic and things like that. Um, but my point is this accountability, this ability to have follow-through, yes, isn't a Masonic thing. It is a core uh foundation of a man to be able yeah. to do what you say you're going to do right that's it it's important and so, and so in a way we're almost going back to the basics on masonic improvement because we're starting to talk about these basic things yeah and the reason I the reason I, I wanted to back up is because at the lodge level if we're not holding men accountable we're not teaching them basic stuff yes i i believe freemasonry has a lot to offer sure and a, a lot of the things that we do help you grow Right. Oh yeah. Like the, uh, like the officer, like the like the um, um, progressive line, if done right, can help you grow. Absolutely. Like, I, I'm an introverted person. Same. And, and I would never, I would never speak in front of people before I joined. And, right. And now, now look at this. Right. And that's because <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was gently pushed out of my comfort zone every time, yes. but not so far that it that it turned me away. Just exactly make me grow. That's one way that we that we improved in. But if we're not holding them accountable. And saying you and this is this is like something the old the old guys would say, do what you say and say what you do. Yes. Right? Hold yourself accountable. If you say you're gonna do something, you do it. You don't have to ha you don't you don't have to give a handshake because if you say you're gonna do it, that's your word, you're gonna do it. Right. And that that is a basic principle of Yeah. That. Well, you know, and and I look back to my master year and I gotta admit I did not delegate as much as I could have. And part of that was, number one, I was super excited to be in the mix of everything. Like, it, you know, it was my first year's master, and I really wanted to just have my hands in every single thing because that's just the way I was, yeah. you know. And I did delegate, but I know my wife will definitely say that I didn't delegate enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, on the flip side, and, and that's something that I think that the more you immerse yourself into masonry alongside paralleling your life, if you don't learn to delegate, one of the two is going to fizzle. You know what I mean? If yeah. you take all the masonry you can, eventually it's going to be like, ah, I can't take another meeting right now. And then you never see anybody again. And mm -hmm. Or you, your family life struggles. So, you know, that de delegation, I know the longer I've been into masonry since my master year and continue to be active in our district association and now our district line, mm -hmm. you know, it's really a pick and choose of what do I do? When do I do it? How does it work best for my family as much as possible? Yeah. And I really look back on that time and say, you know, I could have 
included a lot more people, brought more people into the fold and maybe kept them around longer. Not that our lodge did poor by any sense of the mean, but I could have done better. Yeah. And, and time, you know, hindsight is always 2020, right? Well, that's, but, that's, that's part of this, man. Yeah. You, you Every time you do an event, every time you finish a Masonic year, every time you have a meeting, you come back to this, right? And Masonic improvement is based off the co continuous improvement concept, right? Sure. It's it's like a wheel. It's like a wheel. That's why we have the Ouroboros there. I love it's it. Constantly reinventing itself. Yeah. So that's that's what you're doing. Like every time you have some kind of Masonic activity, and really, frankly, as a man, like any kind of activity in your life, you you reevaluate it. Did it did it go like I planned? Did I accomplish my goals? Right. If not, why not? And how can I? How could it be better next time? Sure. Yeah, and and you know, touching on holding people accountable, you know, and th this is one of the biggest things I hear is, well, we're a volunteer organization. Yeah, hundred percent true. Mm -hmm. You you are making no money on being on my show tonight. <laughs> Not neither am I. Barely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have some sponsors, but you know, I don't push that merchandise because I always feel like I'm. I don't feel like I, that's right. <laughs> you know, I just it's out there. You know, whatever, but it's a volunteer organization until you take that obligation that you're an officer, you're a, whatever it is, committee chair. Mm -hmm. Now it's not, well, I just do this for the heck of it. No, you gave somebody your word that you were going to be the officer, be at the stated, be the prep guy, whatever you said you were doing. Mm -hmm. Now it's a little different. And, and that's, I don't like using that it's a volunteer organization as a complete crutch. I understand that there is some ebb and flow with that, but the crutch of, well, you know what? I was watching the Cowboys game and my father-in-law's a Cowboys fan. It's not a Dallas mm -hmm. thing. <laughs> it's a, gotcha. you know, I was watching the Cowboys. That's why I didn't come down. That doesn't cut it for me. If you're a, if you're an officer, you know when your stated meeting is. Just yeah. plan to be there that night. When you are installed, at least here in Texas, but I assume some things are, are pretty pretty general. When you're installed in Texas as an officer, the worship master or, or installing officer reads out your duties and you you swear to abide by them. Right. Sure. You take you take yourself an, 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 an not an obligation, but I guess you can call it an oath. Yeah. That that while you're in that position, you will fulfill your duties. Sure. Right. And it's exactly like you say. Yeah, it's a volunteer organization. At the end of the day, you can get mad and you can walk away and never. I mean, I did it. You can walk away and never come back, and no one right. can say anything to you. No one can do anything about it. Right. Sure. But as a man, if you say you're going to do something, it goes back to what we're saying. You 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 should follow through and you should do it. Right. And if you don't like if you don't like the the way it's being done, learn from it improve and don't do it yeah and and that being said like we've i've seen worship masters that there's a difference between accountability and low browing and, and nagging right and i've seen worship masters they'll like enough enough people don't show up for practice they'll they'll send a text out to everybody and they'll nag or they'll they'll kind of kind of low brow everybody well i guess you had more important things going on or something like that sure that's not productive right no accountability is you, you pull someone aside or you give them a call said you said you're going to do this you did not and I, I i need to know are you going to do it or do i need to appoint somebody else sure and, exactly. and it's as simple as that 
and, and you and you're pointing it out. You said you're going to do this, and you didn't. I'm not going to ask you to do anything else if I can't rely on you for this. Exactly. And I, I don't think that's unreasonable. Right. You're you're 100 right, and you know I think that, like I said, I feel like sometimes that volunteer thing is used such a crutch, and and, it, right. and it's the exact same thing. It's not you're not holding them accountable for what they said they do. Well, it's the same thing as, as, I'm sorry, go ahead. Now, and now if I say, hey, I'm going to pick up my kid's prescription and and then I don't do it, you know, there's nothing binding me to say that I took an oath that I would get that prescription, except that I want my son to function normally or get well or whatever he needs medication for, you know? Well, also, if you do something that you tell you, if if your wife asks you to do something and you don't, she's going to hold you accountable, right? They remember <laughs> everything. They do. They do. And so that's why you do it. Part of the reason. I, I want to talk about the event and, and not, not that we can't come back to this, but mm-hmm. so I've been seeing a few of you guys' Masonic Improvement posts on this event that's going on. And to be honest, I have not dug into it other than looking at the post and saw a pretty school, pretty cool spot on the beach. It looked like. Yes. And so, so, Honest to God, I looked at it and I'm like, it looked like the Outer Banks. We go to the Outer Banks in North Carolina <laughs> every every other year. And I'm like, man, we're going to the Outer Banks this year. Man. I will I will move the vacation to that week. <laughs> and then I saw that it wasn't. So give me a little backstory on what's happening. What are you guys doing? Me and Dennis uh, started talking late last year about the possibility of holding and hosting an event like a in-person live event yeah and um it just it just seemed like the the natural extension of what we're doing is to to move off move off the internet in person and we were looking around the state trying to decide where we wanted to do it we were originally looking at like el paso in west texas okay uh, mainly because that's that's a part of texas dude like texas texas is huge like for the listeners that don't don't understand like yeah, you can drive eight hours in one direction, still be in Texas. You can't do that in a lot of states, right? And so, uh, the Grand Lodge is in Waco, which is pretty much like Central Texas. Sure, and El Paso is way out there, and so that's that's kind of the that's kind of El Paso is more more New Mexico than it is Texas. Like they they're closer to the Grand Lodge in New Mexico than they are to our Grand Lodge. Okay, so they they kind of often feel neglected from our conversations, right? And so we were like, let's let's do an event on West Texas where we could reach out to those guys that that don't ever really feel like they get much get the love. love. Yeah, right. Uh, around the same time, I was involved with a officer leadership training last year, and we were in Corpus, and I had a lot of brothers from like Brownsville, which is like the very southern. It's the El Paso of South Texas, basically. Okay. And, and they're like, Hey, would you ever come speak at my lodge? Because we don't really get any education. It's like. Dude, it's like a fourteen-hour drive one way. I'm probably not gonna, probably not gonna do that. But yeah. uh, the thing about the OLT officer leadership training at Corpus is traditionally uh, every year after officer officer leadership training, we would go to uh, the USS Lexington, which is a old World War II uh, aircraft carrier. Yeah, that has been brought to to shore basically. Sure, and it's used as a museum now. However. Once a year, uh, there's a lodge in Corpus that has permission to confer a Master Mason degree 
on board the USS Lexington. Wow. It's okay. really cool. It's really cool. By the way, the USS Lexington is also supposed to be extremely haunted. And uh, there was some interesting sounds coming from uh, some of the some of the rooms uh, while we were there. But uh, that's a whole other thing. But anyway, okay. so this year, for whatever reason, and I can only speculate because I don't know, uh, officer leadership training was moved. They changed their dates. Okay. And so instead of doing the uh, officer leadership training the same day as, as the USS Lexington, um, these guys that that historically, this lodge that historically always does it on the same date, and it's not easy to 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 get that permission and just change it. Right. We decided, hey, instead of doing West Texas, there's an opportunity in Corpus Christi this year. Uh, so what we're doing is we're hosting. Uh, it's called Building a Better Brotherhood, uh, the Masonic Improvement Summit, and it's a mouthful, but it's right. going to be it's going to be on September 16th in Corpus Christi. Okay. And so what we're going to do is. The majority of the day is going to be education. We have, uh, and it's a very, it's a very impressive lineup, if I say so. But we haven't released anybody yet, so I'm not going, I'm not going to say who it is. But we have a very impressive lineup. But we're going to have brothers uh, talking about. Uh, there's going to be some motivation. There's going okay. to be some esoterics. There's going to be nice. some uh, nuts and bolts talk. Uh, basically, there should be something for everybody there, right? Uh, maybe sure. some. Uh, I think we're going to have some uh, a historian come talk about some sonic history. And after that, around five o'clock, we're going to have a, a light festive board. And what I mean by lights is we're not going to we're, we'll probably be like a drink, but we're not going to imbibe too much because as soon as we're done with the festive board, we're going to head to uh, the master's degree upon the Lexington. Okay. And, and uh, after that, after that, we'll head back to the hotel and you know, no holds barred. We can do yeah, whatever at that point. Enjoy the night. But we'll enjoy the night, right? But uh, I, I want to be, I want to be sure that I'm very clear that no, no one's going to that degree under the influence. Yes, absolutely. Just, I don't want, I don't want any ammunition against what we're doing. But, uh, <laughs> sure. But wow. it's gonna be, it's gonna be a great time. It's gonna be something like we, we have some great events. Like uh, Fort Worth Masonic Lodge has a uh, uh, Masonic Con once a year, and I went last year. It was awesome. I spoke at it. Uh, but it was it was awesome, and uh, so we we have some really great events in Texas. Sure. But uh, based off the location, based off the lineup, it's gonna be it's gonna be up there. It's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be awesome. So so are you guys thinking if this really hits a home run, maybe something you do annually or every every other year or something? Is that where you're kind of going with it? We're looking at annually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And depending on. I mean, we're still early in the process, right? So sure. September September seventeenth, depending on how we feel, will really determine <laughs> uh, what we what we plan the next year. We're gotcha. looking at anything from one event to two events. We'll just wow, say. okay. And you know, so so two points here. Actually, there's a whole bunch of points. Number one, the degree on the Lexington. Holy cow! I can't even imagine. You know, that would be. Uh, now is it on the deck? Is that how they do it? No, or is it, it they go it's, inside? It's inside. Okay. It's inside. What was so cool about it was, or one of the things that really that really impressed me was when we got there, there were still people in the museum walking around, like the entire thing. It's like this giant museum. Yeah. And it was like a like a Boy Scout troop or or something, Eagle Scouts or something walking around, and it was this old timer Mason just walking around, 
And uh, I, I go and do something and I come back and he's sitting and like these children are just like gathered around him. Kind of yeah. remind me of Grandpa Simpson, the lemon tree episode. Like, around, <laughs> <Right>. children. Anyway, <laughs> right. he was on board the USS Lexington when it was still sailing. Whoa. And so he was telling the kids stories about the, the ship when it was still out at sea and like all the, all the deployments and stuff. It's like, man, that's that's so cool. Yeah. But, uh, the degree was we have a uh, there's a group in Texas called the Knights of Mecca. Okay. And and uh, it's it's a group from North Central Texas that uh, that travels around conferring degrees. And they go to Corpus, and they're the ones that confer it. But uh, like last year, like the Grandmaster was there, and and the Knights of Mecca did a, a great job. And I mean, it was a huge turnout. I mean, it's 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 pretty awesome. It, yeah. It's, it's it's something every Mason should see at least once, especially if you're in Texas. Well, you know that's and now in my head, as you're talking this, I'm like, how can I frame this? <laughs> you know, and and this is the tough thing is every time I have a guy on here from a different jurisdiction, you know, like yourself, now I need to go there. I need to figure out how to get to England. I need mm -hmm. to figure out how to get to Wisconsin for Jason Laramie and those guys. Like, I don't know how I'm going to afford it. <laughs> I got <laughs> to get a third job here. But so, so another thing you talked about, and this is something that's on the horizon for the traveling man. You said that the ship was haunted, mm -hmm. which is, which is wild in itself hauntings kind of i don't know i love horror movies but the legit like real deal stuff kind of creeps me out you know it's a little... oh yeah but we have a lodge in the our 24th district jenkins lodge that it's they say it's haunted and you know everybody says oh i heard a pot move or something it's haunted but they a few of the guys down there throughout the district have actually bought ghost hunting like infrared cameras and stuff like that so one of the episodes at some point we're actually going to do during the night like lights out infrared only on and do the podcast in that lodge so just kind of a haunted nice. thing that was we've been kicking around and waiting for the right time you know i am i am like this this close to to being tempted to just make my own my own uh my own uh, paranormal YouTube just because uh, I, I grew up love. I mean, I watched unsolved mysteries and all that crap. Oh yeah. Like, I grew up with ghost stories and UFO stories and Bigfoot and all that. Right. I, mean, I grew up just hearing that stuff. And uh, I was like, man, you could probably go to just a lot of Granted some lodges are just like one in San Antonio. That's, that's pretty famously haunted, but you can go to just about any Masonic lodge and, and go there at night. And even if you don't catch anything, it's, it's, it's creepy content. People are going to watch it. Right. Yeah, and, uh, I'm actually I'm actually in a group right now uh, made up of Masons, um, the the paranormal, the, the name probably needs some work. It's the Paranormal Syndicate, and so it sounds it sounds like we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna find the find the ghost and break their legs or something. But, right, uh, but <laughs> but we have permission to actually go to the House of the Temple in D.C. and do a ghost hunt there. But wow, uh, just it's just a question of getting getting to dc and, and and getting it scheduled however uh it's like four of us and i think i think maybe that we, we we've done one video and i'm not here to push that but i think i think maybe the 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 issue is we just there's too many people right like it's it's so much easier when it's just you oh yeah like, hey i'm just gonna go to graveyard and record something or i'm just gonna go to the lodge at night and record something yeah as opposed to like hey let's get everybody together guys let's get now, the mystery machine and go solve yeah, mystery or something it's a process yeah it's a process listen if if you show up at the house of the temple i'm just going to be there 
I'm gonna start. <laughs> I'm just showing up. Like now, I'm invested now. So yeah. you got you got a fifth person. But and it, anyways, and and the next thing, and this is just something, just with Texas, and it's only came up at my lodge, maybe a, two three weeks ago, something like that. Um, where how close are you to Fort Worth? I know nothing about Texas other than the way it's uh, depends on the day. Okay, the traffic, the time. Uh, I can get to Fort Worth in about 30 minutes from where I'm at oh, right okay. now. So I have um, our junior deacon at East Palestine used to work at Gallup. And his boss lives in Texas and just petitioned a lodge down there. Oh, and, okay. and he mentioned to me, he's like, listen, he's like, I know you like to travel. He's like, what do you think about if he does? He's like, I have family down there. He's like, we'll fly down go check it out, spend the next day there and then fly back. So I'm like, oh, you know. So I'm like, all right, I know Justin. I know Flop. Yeah. I know. I'm like, how many people can we get in one night? <laughs> you come to Texas, you let me know. I'll, I'll be there for sure. Yeah. Flop's yeah. a little bit more of a job, I think. But uh, I, I, can, I can't speak for him, but I know I'll, I'll be there for sure. Yeah, I was like, and that's, I just texted him as we were talking. I'm like, shoot, I, I never asked where in Texas because I'd like, okay, we'll just, mm -hmm. we'll just roll, but like now I need a spot. He's like, yeah, Fort Worth. So, and, and you were you were talking earlier about uh, trying to find a way to come to uh, the Sonic Improvement event. I, uh, granted, like I said, like we have to wait. The event's September September sixteenth. We have to wait till September seventeenth to see see where what we're actually going to be doing in the future. Sure, but, sure. But other states aren't off the table at some point, right? It's just a we did Texas because we know Texas. We know right. We know sure. where the needs are. We know where we'll be re well received. But if we identify other states that that like we have the listener base, we people are receptive. Right. We'll, sure. We'll probably go there at some point. We'd be willing to just to just to just to get the word out and and, and improve the fraternity. Yeah, I love it. Okay. East Palestine, it is. You heard it. You heard it here, twenty twenty four. No, 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 no. Nobody write that down. That was a joke. You know. So obviously, you see Masonic improvement moving into, you know, physical. Right. How how far are you guys looking to do that? Obviously, you said kind of maybe one or two events. Is it something where you think you'll always keep the YouTube because it's you know. You could reach so many people, but really try to move into more places other than that, or you're just going to flesh it out this year and see what's happening. We'll, we'll always have YouTube. <clears throat> sure. We'll always have YouTube. And we're also on podcast. And so, and, and frankly, like, I, I listen to lots of podcasts, yours included, but I'm not, I'm not huge on doing my own podcast, but I could take the MP, MP4 from my YouTube video and just upload it to Anchor. And there's a podcast, right? So, yes. so I'll, I'll keep doing that just because it's 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 ease. It's so so easy, yeah. Right. I mean, there's no reason there's no reason not to if I already have the file. And so, I'll, I'll keep doing that. I uh, Masonic Improvement from early on was heavily influenced by other podcasts, yeah. uh, namely uh, Order of Man. Like I, okay. I, I don't listen to it much anymore, but uh, back in the day, man, I I loved Order of Man. Eating it and, up. Heat it up, and and that's basically kind of what they what, where they went was it started off with a with a podcast, and they went into like uh like physical stuff like um 
uh, conferences and, and, and more intimate things like that. It's like, man, we really, why don't we, why can't we? I mean, if, if, yeah, if, if, and it just makes sense in my mind too. Like once, once you, I don't know, it's, it's one thing to have a, to have a YouTube and, and you're listening to it uh, passively, right? You're driving or you're sitting. Sure. I don't think anyone ever watches YouTube, right? Especially given the length of a lot of the videos. Right. Uh, they're, they're, they're listening, they're typing, they're sending emails or playing games, right. whatever. But it, it just makes sense to move. Hey, those of you that, that really enjoy the content, that really believe in what we're doing and getting value out of the podcast, let's take this, let's take this in person. Yeah. And it's always been like whenever I'm traveling, I haven't traveled as much this year, but I have traveled a lot in the last few years. Whenever I'm traveling and I, I, I come across people that watch the show, those conversations are always really great. They're always really yes. engaging. Um, it's always interesting to to hear. Like I went to um, uh, Mount Pleasant, Texas. It was a four hour drive one way. It was an eight hour round trip on wow. Thursday, and uh, the worship master was talking about all the stuff they're implementing. And I mean, it, it's this, it's this, it's this stuff we're talking about. And so, like the conversation was was fantastic. It's like, why can't we just get everyone in one place at one time? That listens to the show and and sure if, if it's so beneficial just to have two or three of us together and talking about what we're doing and how we implement it how right. good would it be if there was a hundred of us in one spot oh yeah what and a think tank. education yeah yeah like a thick tank you know iron sharpens iron so let's get all the iron together and and try to fix things yeah i love it i um we have a um midwest conference on masonic education in the the northern i don't know how many states 14 or 17 states it encompasses from Ohio all along the north, you know. Mm -hmm. That's the best I can do without (laughs) completely botching it all up. But we have that in Canton this year, which is only about an hour away from me. And and a lot of people from all those different jurisdictions are coming in there. And that's one of the things where um, right worshipful brother Chad Kapinski, he's the president this year, and he's close friends with me so he's like listen i got a spot set up you can just have your podcast there and interview anyone that goes by wow so to to me it's like holy cow like i don't a little bit of that because you know but i've said on the podcast and you said for you know just i would prefer to stay in my basement (laughs) where you know where i can control all the narratives but, you know, when you're out there and there's so many different people and there's people that maybe you haven't met, you've seen on Facebook, they're, you know, whatever they are, whether they're in Grand Line or they're chairs of ed committees and stuff. It's like, well, you know, kind of want to be on your game a little bit better instead of just, oh, uh, this is my first time. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of the direction things are going, though. Like, yeah, I went to when I went to Grand Lodge in January, first person I see last two years, first person I see is Brother Fluff. Except this year, he's walking around like this with his phone, doing, <laughs> yes. doing a lot of TikToks, talking to people. The entire time. <laughs> and uh, it's so, I was like, man, I, I was probably planning to do the same thing on YouTube. But he was doing it. It's like, hey, heck, I'll do it. So I went to, uh, we had a pop-up shop where yeah. they were selling Masonic stuff. Sure. And I went down there and I was like showing everybody, because I was really trying to support the pop-up shop. It was like the first year in a while that we've done it. Yeah. And so But I was talking to brothers and, and stuff like that. I, and I think that's the kind of direction the direction of stuff's going, I think. Yeah. You know what? I love, 
I love watching, like, it's been a minute since Fluff's been on, but watching how, you know, Mason's move and change and grow. And just from the beginning of where I just shot him a random message on a TikTok. And, you know, and then we have a podcast and now he has his own podcast and is just blowing up. Like, I love it. And, you know, that's, that's the, if he blows up and gets people to sign up because of that and you do what you do and people love masonry do better because of it. And if people love the stories that I tell and somebody joins because of it, then we all did our job. It all worked out. I've, I've had lots of people ask me, and you probably had the same questions too. Like people coming up to you asking about starting a podcast and I'm just like, just like, do it. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. And don't, don't listen to the voice in your head. Don't, don't ask the what ifs. Just nope. do it because you're talking masonry. I'm talking masonry. Fluff's talking masonry, but we're all fulfilling a different niche, right? Exactly. Like exactly. your content's great. Fluff's content's great. My content's great. But, but and it, we may have some of the same people listening to all of them. Sure. But they're listening for different reasons. Exactly. Fluff, Fluff takes a totally different approach than. Oh than yeah. Oh my God. Yes. And, and if that's, if that's more someone's, more someone's thing, go there right sure or or i take a like i was listening to fluff is like he's got like intro music and like a it's like polished and he does music all the time and he has these great transitions and you got me and dennis like like two like just blah, 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 blah. But, <laughs> right. but it's it's it works right sure sure and, and you have your own thing and i so my point is i would encourage anybody there's 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 don't look at it like a bunch of big fish in a little pond because right. that's that's not the way to look at it. The pond sure. is huge, right? Yes. There's not a lot of Masons, but there's a lot of people interested in Freemasonry. Exactly. And there's there may not be a lot of Masons, but there's a lot of men out there. Yes. And and they're listening. That's I, it. I would be willing to bet the majority we're at like like eleven, probably like eleven and a half, like eleven point five thousand subscribers on YouTube right now. I'd be willing to bet maybe like two or three thousand of them were Masons. Sure. Right? But right. We have had a lot of people, I'm sure you have to have too, a lot of people reach out to us, like on our live streams, uh, uh, through Facebook Messenger, through our email, that are interested in joining. Right. It's because of the content we're putting out. Exactly. Would they join if we didn't? Who knows? But yeah. I know that my content helped. You know, you know, the last, I'm actually, our last episode, it came out this past Monday, um, Brother Chris Hurt from Arizona he messaged me before he joined and said, Hey man, he's like, I was kind of curious about masonry and I didn't know who to ask. I started searching it and I found your podcast and I just love it. And I wanted to let you know, I petitioned. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's like, Holy cow, man. Like all the time I spend editing or emailing or recording or whatever. It's like, all right, that was worth it. And yeah. you know, just recently he's, been raised to master mason and he's sitting in a junior steward chair going to move up when the next elections are and we and i told him like listen you got to come on a show man this is like a traveling man success story this is <laughs> and and that's just you know who knows who's listening who knows yeah. i i think of it kind of like that meme you see train him well he may be the next grand master yeah. maybe that dude listening out there whether it's improvement or whether it's me whether it's fluff whether it's whence came you what if they come to Lodge? What if they join Lodge and they have the next idea that just really kicks masonry up a notch? Yeah. Like, 
yeah, and not not just new people. Like I we were at Grand Lodge the year before and someone came up to it was me and Dennis when I say us, someone came up to us. Yeah. He's like, Hey, I just want to let you know I got my EA like 10 years ago. And then I heard your podcast. And that's what inspired me to come back. And I was like, man, so not just talking about the new people. We're yeah. talking about we're bringing people back too. And it's right. like that, that was that was that was a short like two minute conversation. I, I'll probably never forget it. Sure. That's that's what that's what that's what this and, and this when I say this, I mean you and my school. Oh yeah. That's what this is all about. <laughs> right. That's what it's all about. Yeah. You know that the the wild thing for me, it was the first and it was last annual communication, not this past one, but you know, before the podcast, I was on Facebook. I was very loud about masonry because I just love it and I want everybody to love it or at least have the ability to see it before I had this, you know, venue. But, you know, the wild thing to me was it was last annual communication. I went up, <clears throat> I went into wherever it was and people would come up and, you know, shake your hand, whether it's from Facebook or whatever. And they knew all about me, which really was like mind blowing and, you know, then it was, I kind of felt at a disadvantage, like, oh, you know, trying to retain all their information because they were just excited to see me. Mm -hmm. I'm like this, you know, I'm just a regular Mason. I do a lot of stupid stuff. <laughs> I try not to, but it's wild that, you know, that factor that I was never planning on having. It's just a really yeah. different situation. It, it, on my end, it doesn't help that I'm really bad with names. Like I can remember faces. Sure, but I can't. I can't tell you what your name is or where you're from unless we have like. <laughs> so, you, you, on one hand, you feel like I like a celebrity, right? But on the other hand, yeah. you feel like a crappy celebrity. <laughs> like, hey, man, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. You do yeah. the the handshake yeah. into the yeah. looking at the name tag. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when when you look at Masonic improvement in a, as a whole, from start to finish when you started it and everybody when they start something even myself which you you have to have some sort of a bar a goal or whatever it is have you far surpassed that goal not passed it continue to grow with it how how does that from starting floor to where you're at now uh originally i don't really think i had a goal originally because sure. I didn't, I uh, I didn't expect things to take off like they did. Okay. And one of the one of the earliest videos that I made was uh, wildlife Freemasonry, and uh, I knew it was going to. I I knew based off my research because I, I was like, what should I call this? So I kind of did some research. I knew based off the research that that it was going to get views. Right? Sure. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't expect it to get what it got. Um I think it's I don't know, it's it's a couple it's a couple hundred thousand, which for like a big channel is no big deal, but for like a, a Masonic, Masonic I mean Masonic anything, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my God. And I I remember I had to try off my, my notifications on my email because I was like, You got a new subscriber, you got a new subscriber, you got a new subscriber. And within like a week I was at ten thousand. And like ten thousand. I think it's ten thousand, maybe it's a thousand, but uh, there's like a certain threshold with with view time 
and subscribers where, where YouTube's like, hey, you could be monetized. And so it was like, I wasn't even going for monetization and uh, it got monetized real quick. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's at, like I said, it's like a 11,500 right now. Um, frankly, the next goal is 100,000. And okay. it's, a, it's a long ways away. I, I'll acknowledge that. Sure. Um, but that's, that's, that's where I want to be. And so once, once I saw that it was growing, I set the goal for, I guess, I guess, I think it is a thousand and like 4,000 hours watch time originally. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, then I set the goal for like, Hey, it'd be really good if I can get 10,000 and it happened. And um, I mean, I could set smaller goals if I wanted to, but I, I, I want to be at a hundred thousand. If I'm at a hundred thousand, I, I mean, we're, and I'm not trying to, I, I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to be factual here. Yeah, but on, on YouTube, where aside from um, there's one other channel that's bigger than us. Okay, but they haven't posted anything in like two years, so we're 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 less than checked. Uh, so we're the largest active Masonic channel on YouTube. Sure, and uh, I, I want to keep growing that. I wanted I wanted to I want to see it at a hundred thousand. Then I feel I think that's when YouTube sends you a plaque or something. Oh yeah, about that. <laughs> but, right. Uh, I just want to be at that point. And from there we'll, we'll see. Yeah. You know what? That's, I, I think my wife and I, I got it right here. She tells me I never use it, but the podcast planner. <laughs> and, oh, nice. and you know what? It's, it's got a little date section and then each episode has a title description, guest script notes. And I wrote on there, you know, in, in a year's time, I wanted to have, well, you know what? I actually have it here. So why, why mince words and we got a minute. Okay. So one year I wanted to have uh, clothing out for the podcast, merchandise, and um, over 4,000 listens. Nice. And it took seven months to get 4,000 listens. And I knew I was at uh I had I had merchandise before a year, which which is just and, and you know from there it's a you know track the the listens that's that's my big things like how many listens do I get how many am I aiming for yeah was that all time or within a certain time frame that you're trying to get I know it was within a year but like was it a four thousand no I that was just a mark that I wanted for that first year and gotcha. you know I think we are we're on our way to. 38,000 listens. Nice. You know, which, wow. you, and you know what, you, you talk about big fish in the small pond. I had James Dalton on, who is a co-host of Craftcast, the United Grand Lodge of England's podcast. Yeah. I reached out to them after, after our last conversation. Yeah. He's, they're awesome. Yeah. But, um, you know, they had their second or third, I don't remember which one, maybe it was their first, I can't remember. First episode trending on Apple. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm like, I have 38,000 listens, <laughs> you know. But once again, it's not that, you know, that's that's just a funny, you know, at, when you compare apples like that, yeah. obviously it's going to be a little different. And they have so, a, just, to, just to put it in context, uh, the audience might not care, but this might be interesting to you because I don't, like I said, like I do, I do the podcast is kind of like a, it's just like, it's already there, so I'm just going to put it out. Sure. Uh, so I don't really look at the analytics, but you were talking. I was like, oh, I wonder. It's like I never looked. Where are we at? So you're at thirty-eight thousand. We're at eighteen thousand. 
So that that speaks volumes to what you're doing for your podcast. Okay, cool. Because, uh, I, when did you start your podcast? Uh, it's been it's it? been a little about a year and two months. Okay, so I think we've been doing this for like, I think I've been doing it for like two years, just putting on the podcast. So that means you're you're ripping, man. You're doing a great job. Awesome, thank you. Good deal. <laughs> or maybe I'm doing a bad, or maybe I'm doing a bad job on the podcast. Well, <laughs> well, and, and, and you know what, like. You know, that's the difference is, you know, you have, I only have the podcast where you have the YouTube out front and then the podcast as a subsidiary, if you would. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the podcast is, I'll be, I'll be transparent. It's, it's kind of an afterthought. I know some people prefer the podcast, so I'll put it out there, right. but I, I make content for YouTube and that's, that's probably where the difference lies. Sure. Absolutely. What, what's the. And I want to go back a little bit because I like to talk about people's journey and we fast forwarded directly into this, which I knew was going to happen. It, it always does. So let me go back to your Masonic journey just a little bit before we get back into the podcasting. <laughs> um, what what do you think in that whole journey? What is your most memorable moment? And that, you know, obviously you've been in a while and you've done a lot of different things. If you had to say this was the moment, mm. and, and if there's a couple, because as as I've asked this question, usually it morphs into two or three big points, or you know whatever. Boy, that's a let me think. Uh, just just the big moments. Um, most recently, uh, that'd probably be when I spoke at MasonicCon. Last year, okay. Uh, I've always wanted to go to MasonicCon, and things just never worked out. And um, and uh, I was like, you know, the only disadvantage was I was the first speaker. I was like, how long should I be talking for? And like, yeah, just talk until you feel like <laughs> until you drop. So I was like, well, like, well, like from an education perspective, I was like, eh, like 15, 20 minutes is usually kind of kind of the breaking the point. People yeah. start zoning out, so I, I gave it, and they're like, okay. And then everyone else is talking like an hour, an hour and a half. I was like, oh. <laughs> Well, I'll remember that next time if, if right. I ever talk somewhere like that again. But um, but no, that was that was a highlight. I really enjoyed that. Um, traveling with officer leadership general, um, going to San Antonio, uh, Corpus, uh, Waco, assisting with officer leadership training. Uh, that was definitely it was exhausting, <laughs> but it was it right. was fun. I don't think I'll do it again, but I I really enjoyed that. <laughs> uh let me think what else getting my my a certificate was a was a huge deal for me yeah um, just because it, it was one of those things like i never i don't know it was one of those things like you always i think every man has these things where they're like yeah i don't know if i could ever do that but if i could that'd be that'd be huge sure and uh i did it and i know it's all just mental mental gymnastics trying to trying to keep yourself from do, achieving what you really can yeah and uh yeah getting that a certificate be, becoming a district instructor sure that was huge uh my first year as virtual master uh 2012 uh i mean i didn't work too much the first half because i assumed the world was going to end but uh once 2013 <laughs> rolled around i realized uh we still got six more months to go i i, I kicked it up a notch yeah let's I'm go just, <laughs> i'm just kidding no i take all you seriously and uh and uh, it was definitely a learning experience but i, I really enjoyed that sure so it, it's it's I'm sure more things would come to mind, but, um, you know, that's, I, I, I always ask that question and, and I don't, 
there are a couple questions that sometimes I don't put on the notes. And today, like I said, we don't have notes. So we're kind of just rolling. Don't need those things. No, we're, you know, we're doing fine. But that's the kind of thing that I like to get the raw reaction of what's the first thing you think of. And I, my first one always, and it's when I received my Bible, because I didn't realize even when they were going through, we do, uh, we do a Bible presentation in Ohio. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what's the story here? What's happening? <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then, it, and then he was coming down with it. I'm like, holy cow, holy cow, is that mine? <laughs> you know, you know, which, and and the next one, obviously, being master. I I never thought when I gave my proficiency, my return to say I knew what the heck I was doing as a master mason. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in Ohio, you have to stand up and all of the ritual that you learn you have to go back and forth in a conversation tone and know you have to learn to cipher and then you have to give it for memory in mm. front of the lodge which for me not being somebody that wanted to be in front of people was horrifying yeah and you know i sat down and thought well i did my part i'm a mason i'm done you know and and then once i started into that chair line we have our we have pictures of our masters and they're set in they're like five oval pictures per frame and we have them all the way back 155 years wow every picture and you know obviously some are duplicate so you know we don't have 155 pictures probably i would say like 139 or you know something like that but from when i sat in that uh, steward's chair every time i came in to lodge I would look at the frame where my picture would be. And I never, I never brought that up. I've, I've told it on a few podcasts ago, but every time, every installation, it was a step closer to that oval with my face in it. That is, you know, it'll be there for hundreds of years. If East Palestine carries on, which is wild to me, you know? Yeah, that is really cool. So uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, and, and you talked about just like creepy things in lodge, you know. I, I want to say about two years ago or so, we moved lodges, and I was wrapping up those pictures, and it was just myself. And this was over COVID, so we weren't even allowed to have more than one person in a room mm. at that time. And you know, I have the frames down on the table, and I'm wrapping them. And my goal first was to take a picture of each each picture of the master. So I had it logged in if something ever happened. And it was kind of weird. You know, those old pictures when you see on the wall and you look at their eyes and like they move with you, you know, like after probably 35 pictures of looking at masters through, through my phone, I started to like, every time the floor would creak, I, I started to get a little more, you know, like creeped out or, you know, I don't know. There's a weird vibe going on. So Uh, you made me think of a, there was a, um, my local lodge grandview they recently yeah. installed security cameras and so they have one outside over the main entrance but they have a few inside just in case anybody ever got in sure but it, it uh it tells you if it detects people right and uh you can go and show like the like the like the stick figures like the, like there's the arm and the head and all that yeah and uh, so the way the camera is pointed it points uh across the dining room and then directly across from the camera is the uh the entry room so like yeah. uh, like the entry room before you go into the lodge room, not the, not the ante room, 
where sure. you prepare. Yeah. But like yeah, the interim, yeah. we like we like sign your name and all the Absolutely. Out there. Sure. And it, and the secretary is like, why does it keep saying that there's people? And so it, he oh looked my at God. and showed like little stick figures <laughs> in the room. <laughs> so well, yeah. You know, that's the same sort of equipment that the guys from Jenkins Lodge, they were trying to explain this to me. Just this past week, we were at a inspection and the cameras came in and they said, listen, honest to God, we were down there last night. And if we didn't have this inspection, we would be there again tonight. And they're they're telling me about these stick figures. I'm like, what in the heck? It, you know, because I like I watch it, but I've, I've never got into like the camera work behind it. So that's wild that the stick figures are back. Now I get, Man, I'm excited. Take, like you mentioned, like 139 past masters, right? Not everybody goes through as a past master. Sure. Right. So how, who knows how many master masons or just people in general have, have gone through that lodge yeah. and people like masons, we get, we get attached to our lodges. We get, sure. we get partial to them. And so I, I mean, I think you could probably go to any Masonic lodge and, 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 probably something going to happen i'm just i'm just saying like i i know hillsborough we've had a few masonic funerals in the lodge wow uh, like the guy okay. gets the guy gets cremated so we don't bring the body in but like the, if they're cremated or something like we'll bring the ashes in and do do the masonic funeral and stuff for the family wow eh, you can't tell me there's probably not something not somebody's something made a connection yeah Ooh. yeah we um i number one i'm jumpy as it is i just <laughs> Like my kids will jump behind me and I do the whole, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Well, um, right when we moved in, so we moved in and it was an old Lutheran church and a few of the people on the board were in our Eastern star. So they kind of we knew that we'd been looking, knew they were waning in membership and they were going to move and rather have it go to somebody instead of sit at me. So in the basement, there's a bunch of little small Sunday school rooms. So we took the uh, one of the Sunday school rooms closer to the stairs and we made that our prep room so that, you know, we get candidates ready to roll. And then we went back and forth on building a contemplation room. And the, the old lodge, I really brought that up and was on board with it. And the way the rooms worked out, there was no way we could do it. It just wasn't feasible. And we didn't own the building at that point, so we couldn't go building in it. So myself and worship brother Chris Tiger got this idea that we're going to take one of the smaller rooms and we're going to paint the whole thing black and just do the whole meal deal. So I'm in the middle of painting the one day and I have my laptop with me because I had a few emails I was waiting on. And I have music on my phone and I just come out into the hallway and I go to type in to get my email up and Warsaw Master Bill Wittenberger, who lives like an hour away. We don't have lodge or anything. I'm expecting nobody to be in lodge. Happens to be in lodge to see his aunt or cousin and decided he was going to stop over and use the restroom. And he came in behind me and put his hand on my shoulder. And I went, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I almost hit him with my hand. And he laughed so hard he was crying. I'm like, Man. I thought I was dying right now. I'm like, this is it. They got me. <laughs> There's a, a, a lodge in San Antonio, the one I, I mentioned earlier. I can't remember the actual name of the lodge. Or if I tried, I'd probably butcher it. 
but it was an old house that they converted into a lodge. And uh, yeah. it was a the story is from what I remember. I'm telling someone else's story, but uh, it was a, a older brother that always liked to be the Tyler. Sure. And, and he passed away. And every once in a while in the middle of a state of meeting. So the lodge is on the second floor. You walk up a set of stairs to go to the lodge, like wooden stairs. So yeah. like every once in a while in the middle of a standing meeting, you'll hear someone walk up the walk up the stairs and, and the Tyler, because here in Texas, like Tyler, I don't necessarily agree, but the Tyler doesn't always stay in outside the lodge room. He might just sit by the door inside. Right. So the Tyler will will open the door to to you know see who's out there and there's nobody there. And oh so you'll have, man. You'll have, you'll have visitors sometimes and they'll like pro tem as like Tyler or something, and they'll hear the steps coming up and they'll open the door and like they'll freak out because they're just <laughs> but like, yeah. We we do we do the same thing with our Tylers. We you know we kind of. We'll let them come inside to an extent. Um, ooh, that gives me the creeps a little bit, you know. Um, you know what? I I immediately go back to hearing the Unsolved Mysteries soundtrack. Like whenever something like that happens, it's like I got to get out of here, man. I've seen too many of these. Yeah. So, how about editing? You know, you guys do this, and you're doing it on YouTube. And that's one of the big steps I get a lot of people that ask me, are you going to ever do this, you know, record this live? Like, I don't know if you've ever seen At Refreshment. They're guys out of Indiana, I believe. Um, I think so. And they do it live and they, you know, they have a bunch of different graphics pop up and stuff. Obviously some nice editing. Mm -hmm. And that's, and my, my thought is, you know, a lot of times I screw up words. You know, I, sometimes I just talk like I have a, you know, a half a cheeseburger in my mouth. <laughs> so I, I need that editing a little bit to clip some of that and make it sound like I know what the heck I'm saying. How hard is that with, you know, the YouTube or, or are you doing that? Or are you just keeping it raw for the most part? Or do you have someone that does it for you? So the, the lives, we do a live like every Sunday, sure. Sunday evening. And that's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. And it goes, as soon as you're done with the YouTube live, it's, it's there. So you just, it's already posted. And and whatever you say, better for good or worse, um, right? It's there. And but as far as like the actual, I've gone through a lot of different stages. And so originally, I would when I would record every every pause, every mm or uh, yes. I would go and take out. And I still do it to an extent, but I was very meticulous at the very beginning. Sure, and I don't know that it was really as beneficial no I, i'm with you now now i i like to think i don't do it as much but i still i still have to cut it out there was a period where i didn't do much editing at all i just like record an hour-long video there's an hour-long video enjoy it and i put a little intro thing at the beginning with with our song and and do a little little end scene with youtube and, and that was it i've gone away from the the long videos because uh, I did a lot of research on YouTube and in the analytics. Like, like uh, for a podcast, you could put an hour long episode and people don't care because they're just listening and driving. Right. But they can pause it and come back. Can sure. Pause it. Yeah. With YouTube, it, it drops off pretty quick. I usually, I usually shoot for like the longest being like twenty minutes. Okay. Uh, last one, I last one I actually recorded and edited. It was like five minutes long, and that was from like an hour and a half episode and what i did is i just took the best stuff and condensed it all 
And what what we have on Masonic Recruitment is we have the option, we have a uh, a membership option through YouTube. Yes. So it's not like a Freemason membership. It's a YouTube membership. And right. anyone can do it. There's no, we don't have any way of vetting people anyway. And so what I'll do is I'll still, for the people that 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 care, I'll still upload the full raw video under members right. only. And uh, so it's the full video. I turn off the ads and it's, that's just the perk. Like if you want the full version and you don't want to deal with ads on anything, there it is. Yeah. But the, the short and sweet condensed version for people that kind of like me that just have that attention problem. Sure. It's, it's there for everybody and there's ads associated with it and whatever, but that's just, that's, it is what it is. It's a, it's a 10 minute video. So, but uh, that that's where I'm at now. I still edit a lot of the ums and stuff out, especially sure. if, I, if I have a guest that's maybe not used to doing podcasts. And right. I've had that before. Like they'll like. Yeah. It's a lot like that, know. you know, or the, um, uh, um, you know, you know, this, you know, that and it's like, after a while, I just kind of, I'll, I'll cut that out and they don't they don't ever remember what they said anyway so i cut it out and no one ever really cares <laughs> right but, uh, yeah I, I want, that's where i'm at now i i went through the same thing the first i don't even know how many was every pause every um every like and after a while i'll chunk out the big pauses like when we were talking and i said i had something on my mind and then just went blank <laughs> everyone out there's gonna be like hey i never heard that it's because yeah. i cut it <laughs> yeah. you know but but for the most part the goal at least my goal is for when you and i go back and forth and talk i want it to almost feel like we're sitting in the car with you mm-hmm. or you know it's we're just bsing about masonry and whatever comes along the pike we talk about yeah. and i enjoy other episodes of people's podcasts where I can sit there and I think like, I think like, Oh yeah, I wish I could say this, you know, that's where I could just jump in. So if if I'm doing that, so sometimes those pauses or those breaths or those ums, sometimes I'll leave them in because they're organic and they kind of make it real. Yeah. Or, or if they're saying something and it's like emotional or dramatic and there's a pause, sure. I'll leave that. Yeah. And, uh, also forgot to mention so you're talking about um the at refreshment youtube channel yes. and they do like the images and stuff as they talk sure. uh so i didn't know this until i did a research but it's called a b-reel apparently and it's it's just it's just clips and short videos that you play while you're talking and i experimented with that um so first of all, I've already edited an hour and a half video, two-hour video, and condensed it to ten minutes. Sure. And now I'm on uh, on different websites trying to find clips or pictures relevant right. to what's being talked about at the time. And, and the pictures usually are like ten seconds long at the most. No, 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 like thirty seconds long. Okay. Man, that's that's a. I've got a few unfinished projects out there where I was like, man, I forget this. This is just not too much trying to find. It's too yeah. much. Too much trying to find something that's relevant for a 30 second portion of my video. And so yeah. I don't do that. I don't do that. And I know there's programs out there. Uh, Pictory, I think uh, does, does it automatically for you um, yeah. in video, but I just, I just, I got away from that and I don't think it, I don't know. No one's complained. Like I said, I think most people just listen to us anyway, while we're doing stuff. Right. So I don't, 
I don't really know that really adding anything exciting to the visual aspect is going to make a big difference. You know, I, I think the only, and that's why I don't do it. Like, I just, I don't think there's a ton to get out of it. And on the flip side is I don't have a time limit ever, (laughs) you know? So if we go another eight minutes and we're done, it's cool. If we Mm -hmm. go another four hours and we're done, it's cool. I'm not, you know, it is what it is. And I don't think that that would be a good video to watch, you know, but yeah, I, I started watching those at refreshment guys and their social media content is the goofiest. Like they do face crops and they crop in. I Maybe mean, I have been to their Facebook. I mean, I, they, I've never seen something like that. No silly. They got like skull and bones and it's not even, and I want to preface it this, that this is, I, I believe I haven't had them on. That is a, a goal eventually, but some people do a face crop or they put a face on somebody else's body and they want to make it look as real as possible. Mm-hmm. They, they don't, it's just like a snap. It would be like, if I put my face on your head and just posted it, everybody knows it's mm-hmm. just, but it's so funny because they do all kinds of stuff with it. So I, I had to tune in a little bit to their videos because it kind of drew me in right but so when i go ahead sorry no you're right i was was just gonna say whenever i reached out to you i i already listened to you for a while and i knew that i wanted to to have you on the show however i was looking at different podcasts just just to see about reaching out to them first of all i'm surprised how many podcasts don't actually communicate back uh that was that was a little disappointing but um it was like one or two and it was like, man, this is, these guys are just a little goofy. So that might've been one of them. And I don't mean that negatively. No, no. It's but I was like, ah, I don't know. And then, um, but it was like, a, I don't know, dude. I, like I said, there's different niches for everybody. And yes. so I just, uh, but also it has to be kind of what you're going for on your show. There was a, uh, there's another podcast and I won't name names, but I, I, I remember I listened to them several years ago. And after they drop like start dropping f bombs, like after the first forty five seconds, I was like, "Ah, eh, this isn't for me." Right. And I found them again recently. It's the same crap. It's like, man, this is this is. It sounds more like a frat house than a than a Masonic lodge, like Masonic conversations. So sure, I, uh, I don't. They won't be on the show. We'll just put it that. That and I don't. I mean, I wish them the best in, in their endeavor. Clearly, there's a niche because they're still they're still making their content, but that's just that's that's not for me, and that's okay. You know, and that's the thing. I, I always, I, I swear like crazy, terrible. You know, but military, you know, yeah. I mean, there's... but but the but the difference is when I'm at my job, I don't because yeah. I'm at my job. I'm not. I I have to be a podcast host right now too, and I do occasionally swear a little bit because that's I want to be as natural as possible, and I want you to be as natural as possible. But there is a line sometimes you have to draw on the sand and say, well, are we being are we being overzealous just because we can say the word? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I was military, dude. I know I know how to use the F bomb in every verb, every noun, <laughs> every conjunction right. that can be associated with it in a sentence. Yeah. I I I am an expert yeah. in dropping the F bomb, right? Sure. But like you said. You can't do it at work. I mean, I'm a teacher, right? Right. 
that's that's not going to fly. I don't small groups. Sure, if we're just having a conversation and yeah. I'm passionate about something or it slips, sure. sure. But uh, in a Masonic lodge, like during a stated meeting or on a official Masonic activities or or around my kids, and my family, yeah. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's bad. Bad news. So, and that's that's not the. I don't do that on my show because that's not the image I'm trying to convey. Yes. I can't control the language Dennis uses, but I can control. <laughs> I take that back. I can edit a lot and I have edited a lot of what Dennis sure. says, but uh, uh, I can watch what I say. Well, and you know, and the point is, especially I don't do this to hear my own voice. I, I love doing this because I get to talk to people like you and guys all over. But the end game, and it isn't about total listens or followers or whatever. The end game is, did I did I put masonry in the right light that somebody like Chris Hurt can listen to what I've said and think, this is the right step for me? Yeah. And, and that's why. That's why. I could, I've toyed around when I was doing this. I had a guy I used to work with. And... You know, we just, any movie, any, anything, we're just very open with what we thought of it. Just, this is terrible. This is blah, blah, blah. And we went back and forth. We should do a podcast on this. And we listened to, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard Michael Rappaport. Jeez. He's, I'm trying to think what you would know. name sounds familiar. He's an actor. Okay. And, you know, kind of, uh, he was in Copland. He was in, not, not any huge actor by any means not winning oscars but mm -hmm. he had a podcast and just saying the most obscene stuff and obviously we'd laugh and you know going back to that especially after becoming a mason it's like i don't know if i would ever want my son to listen to that and say oh yeah that's my that's thing, no good my thing has always been would i be comfortable listening to my podcast in the car with my kids right yeah or or the other thing is one day, I don't know when, I'm going to die. And, and probably the longest lasting thing, once once people, I mean, everyone had memories, but people stop thinking about you after a while. Right. The longest lasting thing for me will probably be YouTube and my podcast, right? Right. So after I'm dead and everyone's long since moved on, four or five years later, someone's going to push the play button and they're going to hear me talk. And I, either I'm going to sound the way i want to be remembered by or i'm or i won't sure <laughs> so that's th those are things i always always strive to go for plus if if you have a uh, potential petitioner and the wife or family has objections and if they listen to me would i would i help or hurt sure. their outlook of the fraternity exactly and i know we have we have freedom of speech and all those things but but if you create a masonic podcast or if you're wearing that square and compass, you're representing sure. Freemasons. Right? Everyone. And, Every one of us. And it may not be important to you. Profanity may not be important to you. But you know what it is to some people. Sure. Right? So represent yourself in, in, in the proper way. Exactly. Exactly. Well said. Um, kids. This is a good one because I know you have two of three that are boys. Am I correct? Correct. All right. And not eventually, I know I have two boys, and the end game 
with all my heart is I hope they join. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just, and and I'm not going to be quiet about it like my grandfather was, but there's also a very fine line of how much do you push the issue without pushing the issue? I guess, I guess my biggest thing with the boys is I don't want them to join Freemasonry because their dad's a Freemason, you know? So, so, and obviously your boy, your boys are younger. All three of your kids are younger. Mm-hmm. What have you thought about that? Like what's, do you have a game plan? Do you have a thought process? You're just going to let it roll or how, how do you go about that? Yeah. I'm a ways away. Right. Like sure. my youngest is seven. I mean, oldest is seven. I don't know, man. Like, so like I told, said earlier, my, my dad's a Freemason and my granddad was a Freemason. All of us were master Masons and past masters at the same Masonic Lodge here in town. Like all three of our pictures are on the wall, right? That's, a, that's unbelievable. I, I First off, I'm, I'm going to need a picture of those pictures. before. <laughs> okay, I'll get, that's I'll, awesome. get I'll get them to you. I'll get them to you. So there's a family legacy there. Yeah. And I don't know yet if they're going to grow up to be the kind of men that care about that. Sure. But I, I'm also of the mindset. I don't want I don't want anyone joining. I personally don't think a family history is a good enough reason to just join because yes. I mean, what do you, you're not going to get anything out of it. If you're just doing it just to say, oh, I'm a fourth, fifth generation Mason. Right. But you never show up. Really? What does that, what does it matter? What sure. does it matter to you? And so I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully they'll ask one day. I mean, I'm, I'm very active, right? And so right. by the time they're 18, who who knows what Masonic improvement's gonna look like? Who knows what Freemasonry will look like? Yeah. Uh, but my kids know I'll go to the lodge often. Right. And uh my kids have been to lodge. And sure. I think I think when he gets old enough, at least one of them. Yeah. I've been at Mason for at least 15 <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, that's I, I've thought about that and I've I've said many times, and I know we've talked before on on your podcast, video cast. I'm never I'm never sure how to YouTube cast, so it, that's why sometimes I stray away from ending it with that. But you know, I said I spent a decade wishing I knew how to get into the fraternity, in some sense of the means. I wasn't pounding the books trying to figure it out, but ten years before, if somebody told me how to do it, I probably would have been a Mason for almost twenty years instead of just coming yeah. up on ten. And I'm sure, I'm sure Fluff told you his story when he was on. Yeah, same, exactly. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and my grandfather was a Mason. Now, obviously, he passed when I was a freshman, but I was still old enough that he could have mentioned, not necessarily, "Hey, you need to join," because you know mm-hmm. we're not supposed to solicit. But with the boys, I try to always paint that in the best light possible you know hey i'm going to run down the lodge for a committee meeting why don't you come with me mm-hmm. you know come down i had them help when we were moving you know gave them a little ownership and then the guys start to know them yeah at no point have i ever said you have to join or brought up joining mm-hmm. and that's the point i want to continue to have the option there for them yeah. They they always feel comfortable there. They know that that's a place of safety and harmony. But I don't ever want to force them to join because dad's a past master there or a dist- was a district officer or has a podcast and I should do that. 
Mm-hmm. So unlike my brother, who I do want to force to join because I don't know why he's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know why. I don't, he's... I don't know how I'm gonna approach it. Like part of me, part of me is like, you shouldn't do it just because of family. But the other part of me is like, like take a take a petition and fold it up and put it in his birthday card and X surprise. Like, oh, how did that get there? That's what? a petition to join the Freemasons. Yeah, I'll take that unless you want it. <laughs> right? No, no, I don't know. We're talking about um, grandparents. Yeah, petitioning, and it reminded me of a story. If you if you have time, if you want to hear it, I got all the time in the world. So, so my granddad, I don't know, we talked about this before, but he when he was alive, um, he told me. Well, obviously when he was alive. I, I, I didn't do like a seance or anything, but he told me a story. <laughs> <laughs> he told me a story of when he petitioned the first time. Uh, he got blackballed, so he and a, another guy got okay. at the same time, and they both got blackballed. And my granddad and this guy were having a conversation, and the guy's like, "Are you gonna are you gonna petition again?" Because at the time you had to have just one black ball to to get kicked out to to, to sure. like, no, you're going. And uh, my granddad's like, "Yeah, I'll uh I'll be petitioning again in a year." And the other guy's like, "Yeah, well, screw those guys. They don't want me in. I'm not joining." Right. And and again, granddad's like, "If if they blackball me, every." time when i die there will be a petition on their desk right wow i mean, I mean he's just going to keep on doing it commitment i love it and and the second time he petitioned they they let him in okay and un, unknown to him at the time but it was the practice at the lodge to blackball anyone regardless of who they were the first time that they applied what? yes and the idea being that you get people like like that 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 it meant something it was important to them, they they want to be a Freemason, and so they came back. And so the window shoppers, the people that are just casually interested, uh, they get they get like I oh, screw those guys, and they never come back, and and they take care of the problem. And so I'm not <clears throat> I, I told that story before, and I, I always caveat, I always repeat like. I'm not suggesting that a lot of do that. <laughs> right. But um, you hear all kinds of stories like, oh, you got to ask three times and 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 stuff like that. Like these old, these old little little silly things we used to do. Well, sure. that's what this lodge did. Like, regardless of who you are, the first time you petitioned, uh, you got blackballed. And also, wow. like he's like, he's like, if you sell beer or if you if you gamble and stuff like that, you you didn't get you didn't get in either. Sure. Just ever. But like the first time, regardless, you would always get blackballed. And wow. Like, wow yeah that uh, <laughs> <laughs> especially now working with grand lodge that i like oh my heart no don't don't yeah. turn anyone away yeah but uh wow that's uh so yeah that, I, I always thought that was just a interesting the, story the the wild thing is you know if i think about myself 10 years ago I don't know if I would have the confidence to resubmit. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't think it would have been a, hey, to heck with you guys. Like, they didn't want me. I think it would be like, well, I didn't meet the mark. You know, like, obviously, I wasn't, you know, before you get in there, you even after you talk to people, especially now in the enlightened age that we're in of Facebook and social media. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of misinformation out there and you just don't know. So I I don't know if I would have been confident enough. I'm glad they didn't blackball me. Yeah, I would <laughs> honestly say I don't know if I would have or not. 
to be frank. What I do know, at least looking back, I was I was not the I was not the kind of person that you'd want. Not that I was a bad person or anything like that, but uh, I was not Freemason material. And it's not like I said, I wasn't bad or anything. But it goes back to our earlier conversation about being a man and and, and like certain qualities you should probably pick up as a man if you're going sure. to improve yourself. I was. I was not that guy. I was just a stupid kid. I mean, just fresh out of the military. I mean, you can say there's discipline in the military. Uh, sure, yeah, there was, there was discipline in the military, but plenty of plenty of room to be stupid too. Right. And so uh, I uh, I just spent four years of just practicing stupid, and uh, <laughs> yeah. And so when I got out, I was I was I was no more uh, mature or developed or or anything than I was when I was 18 out of high school. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's one of the things when you take Freemasonry and, you know, even with yourself, how you came in and you kind of had to take, take that little break before you really found Freemasonry, I'll call it, and got involved. You know, it's it, especially in my case, like in retrospect, I can see a lot of those rough areas of my life where it's polished and it's mm -hmm. polished because I did give my word and I have to be there. And it isn't because I gave my word to one gentleman in lodge. It's no, now I am, if I let them down, I'm letting down Freemasons, like as a whole, like it, it doesn't stop with Bob Bash or Ryan Corsano or whoever in East Palestine lodge that I was talking to at the time. That's, that's, a representation of the whole mm -hmm. and, and i think that that's one of the things when they and there are guys out here that hate this take a good man and make him better you know some people and I, other podcasts they roll their eyes at that sometimes i've heard i that used about. to yeah I used to. but at the core it does and it does because i know right now if i publish this and i say something really stupid that looks bad on you and it looks bad on any other guest I had on here or any other person I brought up. And that's that's where some of that, you know, there's a weight of Freemasonry that kind of keeps you in line a little bit, I feel like. Yeah. So Accountability. Yeah, exactly. I, um, but yeah, and, and I, I'm kind of the same boat. I could, when I was first in the fraternity early on, so let's say, uh, we take good men and make them better. And you say, well, how? No one could tell you, right? <laughs> right. I, I just thought it was like, uh, you don't know what we do. So you just come up with a catchphrase, kind of like to be asked well, and put it on your bumper sticker. Right. Um, and, and I was even saying, I was even rolling my eyes up to probably like a year ago. And then I, I, I had the realization, like, I am a better person than I was when I joined. And it's not just because I'm older, but like we said earlier, it's like, it's, it's, it's the growth I had to go through as a man to, to go go through the officer lineup to 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 be where I'm at now and do the things I do now, I mean I had to look back and, and remember that that immature, introverted, uh, irresponsible, uh, self centered kid I was at 21. No, not 21. However old I was at the time. Sure. Whenever I joined, and and, and, and to look back and. Like no, I'm not perfect. I'm still, I'm still immature. And I, <laughs> I mean, 
Look, I mean, I, I still got, I still, I'm still a goofy guy, right? But uh, I'm right. not that kid anymore. You know, you you brought up something, and I've asked this a couple times, and actually, I got asked this on our second season wrap up. I had worship brother Ryan Crisano interview me. And I told him I didn't want him to tell me any of the questions he was going to ask, which I don't ever want that to happen again, because I really was not prepared. Like, and, and it wasn't even like when you and I hey, do a podcast. You did a great job last time. We did that. <laughs> well, you know what? Like right now, you and I, we're just, you know, we can improv and we we're used to talking about it so much, but man, he hit me with some heavy ones. So, and I, and I'm going to hit one on, onto you here. You said, once you pass, eventually hopefully a long time from now you know and everybody kind of forgets because that's what happens mm -hmm. the thing that carries on the legacy if you will will be masonic improvement will be these youtube videos and these podcasts 200 years down the road somebody picks up your youtube station and just starts tearing through it what do you hope to inspire and, and who knows what Freemasonry, maybe there isn't Freemasonry, just somebody, some guy yeah, picks that up. What do you hope he gets out of it two centuries from now? <laughs> Man, it's hard right. to say what Freemasonry is going to look like two centuries from now, right? Like it's... it's and, and, and maybe we it's, do that. What does Freemasonry look like two centuries from now? And does this apply? Two centuries from now, Freemasonry. I'll tell you what it's going to look like. It's going to be uh, much smaller numbers. Sure. Uh, less lodges. Absolutely. Um, but higher quality members. Yes. So we'll have we'll have less quantity as far as membership go, as far as buildings go, um, and all that. But uh, through that, hopefully, we'll uh, realize that that. We can't we can't afford to be non-discriminant, right? right? And I don't and I know that word kind of has some some uh, associations with it, but what I mean by that is we have to guard the West Gate, right? Yeah, and I don't absolutely. mean discriminate like like race or religion or anything. No, like that. no. I mean I mean the, the the character of the people that come in, and the the lodges that do survive that are these 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 beacons of freemasonry with the quality members they have survived because they're the ones that have adopted the right programs sure and and i know i'm going to sound really egotistical but it's the stuff that we've been talking about yeah it's, it's, it's these practices that we talk about every week on masonic improvement that that you talk about on your show that fluff talks about these are the the the, the uh refining what we do in our lodges uh, reevaluating our practices, trying to improve and raise the bar. Those are going to be the lodges that are still around 200 years from now. As far as Masonic improvement, it just depends. Do we age like fine wine? Do we age like Pike, like Mackie, or, or are we just just uh, uh, another uh, small small footnote in the in the great scheme of things? Sure. Who knows? Who knows? Um, if a, if a Mason 200 years from now tears into it I, I hope he i hope he can look at it and say this is this is around the time everything started turning around for the better yes and uh, and uh but if a non-mason watches it 
um, hopefully, hopefully by the time I'm said and done with everything, uh, like I said, we're trying to, we're trying to get in, into, uh, general manliness as well. Uh, hopefully he'll still benefit from it in a way too. And yeah. the way things get seem to be going without getting political, uh, 200 years from now, guys could probably really benefit from some sound, sound man advice. Sure. You know, yeah, I, I think that this is something I don't know if I've ever touched on directly in the podcast, which you brought up and I really love, and I know a hundred percent, I did not touch on this when Warsaw brother Cristiano asked me, um, you know, they look back 200 years from now, which would be now and see that this is the time when Freemasonry turns around for the better. I think that that's such a huge statement because of the tools that were available to use and and the openness that is happening in masonry i talk a lot about like my grandfather and how my father wasn't a mason and i think some of that is that you know we have sort of a lost generation of men that their grandfathers or fathers never spoke about it because we don't talk about it outside these four walls when in reality we shouldn't solicit outside the four walls. It doesn't mean we cannot talk about what we're doing, mm -hmm. you know, as Freemasons a little bit. And I think that that is the huge influx. And does that mean in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, we're going to have millions and millions of Masons in America or across the world? No, not necessarily. And, but, and, and, and frankly, I, I don't know that we should. Right. Right. You're you're exactly right. And that, that quantity of our... <laughs> I really botched that up right from the start. <laughs> Quality over quantity, you know. If you look, I'm sure if you look at Grandview Lodge, the same if you look at East Palestine Lodge. I have, East Palestine Lodge has 228 members, I believe. Wow. Probably 30 to 40 are active. Yeah. So there's your quality quantity thing right there. And that doesn't mean that those other 180, 190 guys, whatever it is, aren't great guys, aren't good Masons. But are they leading the charge forward? You know, no, they're, they're good guys. They pay their dues and that's okay. Every membership place needs people like that. You can't have 228 chiefs, no. you know? No. And uh, frankly, could you imagine if 200 people showed up for your meetings? No. Like, oh my God. No, we, we couldn't hold them. Like most lodges, like they, like we, I, I'm sure, I'm sure you hear the same narrative in Ohio as you do in Texas. The Grand Lodge worrying about the membership, they're wringing their hands, freaking out about it. It's like most lodges don't have a membership problem. Most lodges, if you bring everybody in the roster in for a meeting, you're just standing room only. Sure. Uh, the lodge can't accommodate all the members, and that's right. pretty much every Masonic lodge. The problem is retention. You have a retention problem. Yes, and that's because they're not getting value out of your out of your meetings. Sure, that's the biggest. The biggest thing is if you come into East Palestine Lodge and we're complaining about how much our gas bill is, like, listen, man, I can hear about that at home. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to hear about it again. But well, that's that's why I left. That's why I left personally. Sure. And I, I and I leave I left just like other people do. I just decided one day I was not coming back and quietly escorted myself out and never came back for two years. Yeah. And that's that's what most men do. They're not like like attention everybody attention everybody i just i just want everybody to know yeah i'm out of here. i don't like the way we do things here and i will not be back thank right. you uh it's just not for me bye 
Yeah. No one does that. No one does that. Right. And so people just quietly exit. And it, they, they do that when they're not getting the value that they they were promised. When we give them the bait and switch, when we promise that we take them in and make them better. And all we offer is stated meetings, business meetings, yes. with no opportunity for growth. That that's that's the biggest the biggest thing. And and you know, it's so hard because people grow in different ways. Yeah. Like, like if you drop an esoteric bomb on me, I'm going to pick up some of it because it's cool. I love all aspects of masonry, mm -hmm. but I'd rather BS to you for a couple hours, just about what, you know, what we're doing right now, you know, after, after the lodge or before lodge talking about life and about different ideas and different hopes and dreams and wants. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's my perfect masonry. Whereas some dudes, like you hit them with a hard LEO program, a lodge education pro program. And they're like, man, that really got me thinking outside the box. I can't wait to get back to lodge and see what that officer has to give us next time. You yeah. know, there's a lot of different ways to inspire that. I came up with a uh, kind of a gauge about a month or two ago because we always, you always hear Masons um, kind of, kind of, complain that we don't attract the caliber of men that we used to and by by that you know they're usually talking about like the big businessmen the sure. politicians the lawyers right uh things like that right and uh, i was having a conversation with somebody i don't remember who or why but i was like we can't invite people to join but you could invite them to a dinner right yes and, and that's it goes back to marketing like you you you, you indicate who your demographic is like i want to attract these kind of people to the fraternity well how do you attract them you reach out to them and you could say hey we're going to have a banquet on such and such date and you're invited and, sure. and, and and you could you could tie an award ceremony or something with it but get them in there and if they want to join just having to have some petitions yeah and where this gauge comes in is you have to ask yourself do you think if these are the kind of people that came in your door, would your lodge, would the state of your lodge building or the state of the Freemasonry that takes place at your lodge be enough to attract and retain this person or would you be, would you be embarrassed? And if you don't think it could attract or retain them or whoever your target demographic is, or if you yeah. could, if you'd be embarrassed, you need to do some soul searching at your lodge. Like your lodge needs to get together and, and fix it before yeah. you because you can't complain about not attracting people when the kind of people you want to come to the lodge you don't think they'd be interested or you would be embarrassed sure exactly you know it, it's we're doing something in ohio this year april 22nd this is the first time at least in my 10 years uh most worship brother Stephen grindle has noted that every lodge on the 22nd ohio is going to have an open house for their lodges. Mm -hmm. And I love this idea, but it harkens back to what you're saying too, because my father-in-law has lived in town almost 70 years now. Obviously he's come to lodge because I'm a lodge member and drag everybody I know into lodges, however mm -hmm. I can, you know, but, you know, he's been in for dinners and he's came to my installations and whatnot, you know, but before before that, he said, you know, I've lived in town 60-some years. I don't know what goes on up there. I've never seen inside there. And that 
as a new Mason was like, are we allowed to take pictures? Like, can we do this? Am I allowed to do this? Am I going to get kicked out? Mm-hmm. So I love the idea of, hey, man, let's open it up. You yeah. guys come in. We'll have some people. We'll happen to have a petition there if you want it. I'm not twisting your arm. Mm-hmm. We'll have some light refreshments for a couple hours. Come in. If if all we do is come in and we talk about it and you leave with a little better knowledge of it, then it was a plus. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's something where you think, well, they're not sacrificing people in there. Those are just like the normal guys and they do what they do. Um, yeah. But it, go ahead. But Sorry. no, what you were saying was you're right. You know, you you have to when you let the people in, you have to be able to present it and have an area to present it that is, you know, something that people want to be a part of. Like I, if I had a barn that was falling apart, it's like, well, I can have an open house, but who's going to want to come to it? So, yeah, we we did that previously. I don't th- we don't do it anymore, but we had mandatory open houses in Texas. Sure, and. It, this conversation makes me think because I've been to a lot of lodges and one of the, and I'm not going to name names, but one of the grossest lodges I've been to is not far from where I live. And I, I've been there several times. And for the longest time, as soon as you walked in, it was like a dead raccoon or a dead possum. <laughs> okay. That's the first thing you notice when you come in. Right. right. It's got like the eighties, the eighties, uh, like the, like the particle wood. Oh yeah. Walls and sure. the linoleum is coming up in the, in the dining room and stuff. And it's like, that would do more harm than good if someone yes. came into a place like that. Like if, if I'm just casually interested and I don't know any better and I think all lodges are created equal right? and I want to go to an open house and I learn more. And the first thing I notice when I come in is it smells like something died in there. I, I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to join that place. Right. Sure. And so it, it, that's an extreme example. Well, but like even my lodge has like plumbing issues and it's like, let's fix this because it's not it's it's causing problems yeah well we and you know what's wild you you come up on that smell thing the last year that we were in our home lodge and when i say our home lodge we had been there since maybe 52 and that's where i was raised before we moved to the lutheran church Hmm. the gentleman that had purchased the building and i'm not going to say any names because i have a little bit of i don't want to get into that (laughs) but he 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 doesn't rent out the buildings he has one one storefront that has something going on there and the rest of them are storage that he keeps cats in so that like they keep the rodents out well in the summer it smelled in our fellowship room like just cat urine i mean just you know how that if you've ever smelt that especially when it's hot Mm -hmm. oh my god it's just it's unbelievable yeah exactly and that was one of the biggest things to say, listen, I, we are not paying this gentleman any more money to come on here and run off our own members that are good members because of this, let alone any new ones. That reminds me of a, of a bookstore that was in Cleburne, local, okay. close by town. And it had been there for forever. And a nice old guy ran it, but he kept, kept cats upstairs. Mm-hmm. And no one really knew how much, how bad it was. But as soon as you walked in, like over the years, you get it got stinkier and stinkier until it was uh. pretty unbearable. Anyway, he passed away, and they had to just tear the building down. Like it was, it was wow, so bad. yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Mm. Uh, first of all, yeah, uh, definitely. If you 
heavy listen to Masonic Improvement. Yeah. Find us on YouTube. Find us on your favorite podcaster. Sure. Uh, you can go to the website. There's not a whole lot on the website these days, except transcripts and stuff like that of, of YouTube videos. Uh, <laughs> definitely check it out. Uh, definitely appreciate that. If you're in Texas or if you're in a position to travel, um, excuse me, go go to our Facebook, uh, uh, Sonic Improvement on Facebook, and and look for the tickets that we're selling through Eventbrite and uh, grab yourself a ticket and come on down because uh, it is going to be it is going to be a fantastic event well worth everybody's time and i'm confident in saying that just knowing the officer lineup it's going to be such a great time yeah yeah uh, lastly you made a you made a comment earlier okay and uh and uh i i i don't know how i want to approach this because i don't want to i don't want to sound like i'm telling you how you should be doing things right but uh you mentioned uh the sponsors and stuff and 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 the clothing and i think you mentioned last time we talked like you don't really you don't really like to to, to plug these things sure. because um that's that's not necessarily what they're here for that's that's true to extent um i used to feel that way right and so and if you cut this out i i won't be offended at all no but, don't worry um if people are finding value in your content you should not be hesitant to uh to suggest, you know, your clothing or, or your, your, whoever's sponsoring you or, or anything like that. And, and the reason for that is you're putting time, right? We just, we just sat here for two hours recording sure, uh, for free. And then you could probably go spend another two or three hours going over and editing it. And uh, every week that's, that's a substantial amount of time. Right. And so if people find value in what you're doing, uh, buy a flipping t-shirt man or, yes. or, or go visit a sponsor you know i uh like i said i was i was real hesitant at first like when, when i was finally monetized on youtube i was like should i monetize right and, and i was like looking at the time i'm putting into it it's like heck yeah i should monetize because i'm putting a lot of time into this and in youtube the monetization does not pay a lot right right and um like we we have some merchandise so it really pushed the merchandise so much but we also had the membership program and I pushed that hard. I mean, the, the lowest tier on YouTube for Masonic Approved membership program is $1.99 a month. And if you're getting a $1.99 a month worth of value, sign up because you get ad-free content, right? Sure. If you get, yeah. if you get more value than that, go to the next tier because you get the, you get the full uncut videos. If you find more value than that, do that because then you get daily, uh, daily like, little short video diaries and stuff yeah and uh, i mean the, the members also have access we did the our first members only zoom last week and awesome. it was a huge hit and and tomorrow we're going to re do an interview with somebody and we're inviting all the members for that where they can ask questions after we finish the value is there the value sure. is there and so sure. my point is like if you're offering something that people provide find value and clearly they do if you're getting thirty-eight thousand views on your podcast um you're growing and and you have followers and I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad to, to, I, for some reason here in Freemasonry, we have, we get, we get uh, kind of paranoid when brothers start asking for, for compensation. Yet right. we have no problem buying uh, uh, regalia and jewels and all <laughs> kinds of stuff from people halfway across the world that probably aren't even Freemasons. We don't, we don't, we don't follow up and see if they're Masons before we give them money. But if we know someone that is Masonic, 
is doing something and they're asking for money, then that's uh, all of a sudden that's a problem. Right. Right. I was at a, a lodge and um, they were looking at doing some exterior work. And one of the guys is like, well, we could reach out to some brothers and the worship master was like, I, I don't mind if a brother does it as long as he does it. Uh, as long as he doesn't make any money off of it. I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, that's his usual vocation. He uses that to, to feed his family. Right. And so, I mean, I, I almost like, how dare you even suggest that he shouldn't make any money off of it? That's sure. his job. Right? right. And I think we need to get past that stigma because I mean, there was, there was once a time when you have traveling lecturers that would be paid to, to come and lecture at the lodge. Waco 92. And this is a true story. The, the lodge in one of the lodges in Waco, and I can't remember, tell you the exact number, but one year they initiated, no, 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 they they raised over a thousand people at their Masonic what? Lodge. That's that's more than one degree every day. The the instructor for the lodge had to charge people by the hour to be able to financially teach all these people. He, that was his job. Wow. That was his job. He had to charge people by the hour. Otherwise, because because he was so many people coming through, and I'm not suggesting that was a great thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting <laughs> a thousand people was a great thing. Right. But I'm saying, like, it was such a time commitment. He had to charge people for it because he couldn't do his his, his usual day job. Sure. And, and now, sometime if if I'm selling Masonic hat and I ask you a competitive price for it, like, well, you need to cut me a, a square deal or something. No, dude. Yeah, it still yeah, costs money to produce to, and. Yes, this guy is, is trying to do a business. He's running a business. He's trying to make money to feed his family. Yeah. Don't ask for don't ask for a discount just because you're a mason. Sure. And, and don't be afraid to don't be afraid to be proud of what you're doing and 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 say, look, if I if I'm providing value, if you like the show, buy this freaking t-shirt, man. <laughs> Get a hat. Right. right. Come on. That's right. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. You and I are never gonna get rich off this. No. We're never gonna get rich off this, right? right? But if if I can, if I get enough memberships on YouTube, or enough Patreons, or enough enough people buying buying tickets to the uh, to the summit to to cover the cost of everything I'm doing, right? Sure. And and, and my hobby, because this is part of my hobby, right. and my hobby doesn't cost me an arm and leg, and I can keep improving it with that money. Yes, exactly. I, that's what I do. Like I, 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 I upgrade with the money. Yeah, I provide more value for my for my listeners. Sure. If that's a bad thing, then I'm wasting my time. Right. right? Exactly. Exactly. Sorry. You hit on that, and I'm passionate about that because I love I, it. I talk to other people at the same time. They're like, yeah, well, I don't really feel comfortable. Well, get comfortable, man, because this is this is a commitment. And people find value in it. And when you grow to a certain point, like you have, like I have, like Fluff has, you, you can't really stop, right? And right. So, you're right. Because you don't leave people high and dry. They come to rely on you. And if that means I need to ask a little bit to maybe cover the, the time I spent away from my family or the, the 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 website or to upgrade my equipment or to have my my Zoom. Yeah. Zoom's not cheap, dude. Right. You know. I know. I, I was originally doing like 30 minute sessions and just splicing them together. And saying, <laughs> no, we can't keep doing this. We right. can't keep doing this. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, if, if, if you're listening to this, you, I'm talking to you, if you're listening to this right. and you're getting value out of this and brother hall 
Says he's got a hat. Buy the freaking hat, dude. Just buy the hat. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So I I have, as we talk, I continue to rack things up that I want to talk about, but I know you got to go. So I, I got one last thing and I didn't get to bring it up last time. And I missed getting to meet him. Most worst brother, Brad Billings. Yes. yes. So we had um, just this past past month here, the um, George Washington Masonic Memorial had their cornerstone um, parade and reenactment. And he was there. And one of the guys that was on the past episode said that they had all the lodges lined up in jurisdictions ready for the parade to go out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Brad just came up and he's like, he texted me afterwards because we talked about him a little bit on our podcast. He's like, and he just tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and he's like, hey, I'm Brad Billings, uh, Grandmaster or past Grandmaster. He's like, I just wanted to stop and say hi. And so the question I have is, what was it like? And I and I didn't research past Grandmasters of Texas, but I just know how the norm is. And I'm not going to say that. You know, that's a generalization because there are some younger ones, but mm-hmm. to have a young, enthusiastic grandmaster like that, not that other ones aren't, was that a change of pace? Did that buck the system a oh, little was, bit? Oh, or? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, and I don't say this lightly, and I don't mean this to disparage any past grandmaster because we've had some great grandmasters. Sure. But Brad Billings was hands down the greatest grandmaster that Texas has had in my Masonic career. He, okay. I mean, and I don't say that lightly. Sure. He he brought enthusiasm and excitement for the fraternity that I mean I would want to I wouldn't want to follow him right. It's hard to top that. Sure. But um, it has not been seen before, and it's not being seen right now, to be honest. And sure. um, and I don't mean to. I'm not trying to be rude no, or negative. Not in a bad way. Just, sure. It is what it can, is. You can look at pictures of Grandmasters conferences from from last year and compare them to this year, and there is a a, a, a big difference if you're counting heads. Sure. And um, I mean, Brad, Brad, Brad's just fantastic. Uh, I remember at officer leadership training, uh, I was going around after after I'd helped everybody with their lunch. Sure. Going through the lunch line, and I look up, and Brad Billings is serving beans to whoever comes through. He was a servant leader. He is a servant leader. Yeah. And he and he told me that any lodge that does, any Grand Lodge that has more than one year for Grandmaster is crazy. But he's the reason I wish we had that. Sure. I wish we had multiple year Grandmasters because he, I cannot speak highly enough of, of Brad Billings. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I just, I know we didn't get to bring that up last time, or maybe we did and it was on the second non-recorded section. Maybe. You know, but- just watching and once again you know talking with you and fluff and a few other guys from texas that just i've befriended over facebook and communicate back and forth with and watching you could see the enthusiasm of of masons and of masonry in texas and once again not to take away from guys before after whatever it is you know if you if you just looked at these palestine lodge line you can't have two Jim Halls or two Wade Bears or two Ryan Crisanos because the next guy's always different. He's gonna mm-hmm. he has different views, but you know, so it's always gonna change. And that some of that is the 
the good and bad of Freemasonry. It lets people kind of show themselves and evolve and whatever. But that that's one thing I've wondered about is he seems like just such a go-getter and enthusiastic. I was I just wondered your thoughts. And that's like I said, nothing against the new grandmaster whatsoever. Extremely approachable, extremely down to earth, just just all around great guy. Awesome. Nothing but respect for the guy. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I got to ask that and didn't without having the notes for it. <laughs> I, I remembered hope, it. I hope I was clear enough on my feelings. <laughs> yeah, yes. And, <laughs> and you know what? That's you know, I I've had there's past grants that you know I rank higher than others. And everybody does. That's not a you know what I mean? If I think that if a grandmaster said it, you don't think I'm the best ever? Well, then he's, you know, he's, mi- he's missed it. <laughs> but, but if you're if you're measuring excitement and enthusiasm and activity, and and don't get me wrong, I know some grandmasters that I love the guys, the great, great. I love sure. them. But but if you're if you're if you're measuring success uh, at a grand scale, grand large scale, Brad Billings, hands down, number one, for sure. for and I don't know that that we've had anyone like him in in memory as yeah. as effective as a grandmaster as he is and unfortunately that made some enemies also but well, that's, yeah. that's a whole other thing sure and then that that is the downside unfortunately but we are human and have our own laws and whatnot but i don't i know i don't want to continue to spew on because i can't so justin i can't tell you how much this means to me for you to for you to come on here and we get to talk the entire two hours. I recorded all of it. <laughs> so, so thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you again for having me. And if I had two more hours, we probably could make that four hour video you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen, I, I have other spots open. So yeah, ne- we should never we say should, never. We should definitely uh, do it again sometime. Yes. So I, I thank you. And I want to thank everybody out there for listening. And we'll see you again.